Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's another week, another very special edition of Reliving the Lights. We have ourselves a finale, season four finale. We are very excited to get into it. We're going to do some introductions as we always do. Uh, my name is Josh Kuypers. My name is Anthony Hookman. And we have another very special guest for you, as we typically do during the finales. Uh, this man, uh, unlike Anthony and I, uh, we were just talking about the fact this man has a real job. He's a, he's a surgeon. All right. So that's a big deal. Uh, we lived together for uh, several years. Uh, if you count living in the dorm, we lived together for a lot of years. Oh, yeah. uh, um, good friend of mine. Uh, you were in my wedding, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were. Yes. Uh, s- stood up for me. Uh, so we are very excited to introduce to you all our Reliving the Lights listeners, uh, Mr. Alex Menning. Alex, so great to have you with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you just got off work. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about what uh, what you were doing at work today? Uh, man, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, go Panthers. Uh, no, today- we're on season, no. We're on season four. You can't say that. Yeah, go Lions. <laughs> you're, you're blowing it, man. <laughs> At one take, it's going bad already. <laughs> today, uh, today was a long day. Uh, I got my COVID booster yesterday. We won't even get into that because, you know, we're not trying to spread dates. But uh, congrats. Oh, um, no. The, uh, this, this is a very political show. Alex. Feel free to get as political as you want. In that case, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, Sleepy Joe, uh, <laughs> I feel like dog today, but it's all good. Um, yeah, so I was really tired, but um, I had like a eight hour surgery today um, to uh, remove some lung cancer, but you know, it went well. And uh, now you've moved on to more important things in your day. Now I've moved on to more things, you know. Go East Dillon. Uh, there you go. There we go. Go Lions, you know. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, you know, it was a good day. It's Friday. I'm glad it's the weekend. I'm off this weekend. I'm not on call. I don't have to work. So yeah, perfect. That's always a plus. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony. Let's just share with the listeners. Uh, why did we choose Alex uh, to have on for the season four finale? We've had some pretty prestigious guests so far. Uh, our significant true. others. Mm-hmm. Uh, before oh, before that, we had uh, Platt, South Dakota's very own Julie Taylor, uh, Chase Hurt. <laughs> Chase Hurt, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, Platt's own matt saracen and landry clark uh <laughs> miles kuyper and austin ringling uh why why have we uh why, why is alex on the show today well you know we we both uh we both like alex you lived with him for a number of years and i know mm-hmm. that during those years that you lived with him you guys uh i'm pretty sure watched a good amount of friday night lights so I think we did <laughs> i know oh, yeah. that we know uh he's a fan mm-hmm. uh, he's a friend mm-hmm. and uh Hey, that's what it takes to be a reliving the lights guest. <laughs> that's that's all you need right there. Good deal. Uh, Alex, can you maybe just uh, think back to the first time 
that you watched Friday Night Lights. Uh, paint the picture for us. What was, yeah, what was the setting? I mean, usually it seems like most people watch Friday Night Lights with someone. Like you go through yeah. it with someone. Uh, yeah, so maybe just tell us about it. I'm guessing it was in good old West Hall, rest in peace, uh, with yeah. with uh, with Will, but um, that would be yeah, my 100%. guess. But yeah, why don't you tell yeah, us about 100%. it in that experience? No, I'd love to. Um, yeah, so uh, my my SNL background uh, goes back to probably around 2005, somewhere around there, I suppose. Mm. Um, I have uh, I have watched this great show uh, start to finish. I think four times all the way through at this point. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you know, I consider myself. Uh, a little bit of a connoisseur of the, the lights. Uh, <laughs> if I may. Um, but yeah, the first time, uh, yeah, it was in college living in West hall. I, I want to say s- sophomore year, probably mm-hmm. um, living next to Josh and uh, sure. yeah, Will and I watched it all the way through, had a lot of, uh, you know, spectators that joined us, uh, <laughs> you know, intermittently throughout the process. But, and then, and then, you know, the second time I watched it all the way through was, I think when we lived together, Yep. um, I watched it the second time all the way through, um, when we lived in that house on Delaware. Yeah. Delaware. Delaware. Yeah. I was going to say Delaware. Um, but that was the second time. The most recent time, uh, was with my now wife. Uh, I watched it all the way through with her, which it's always, you know, it's always fresh when you watch it through with somebody who's never seen it before, you know, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's been, uh, it's, it's as good the fourth time as it was the first time. <laughs> you know, Agreed. 100%. I, I can't lie. So, um, Yeah. I think the first time was probably like 2005, 2006, I think. Yeah. Anthony, this is Angie's first time, right? So yes, you're yeah, kind of having that experience so, as yep, well. She, yep. She just watched this episode on Wednesday for the first time. <laughs> and yeah, which has watched every episode for the first time with me. So yeah, yeah. we're on that. We're on that journey, that Very special nice. journey that, uh, you know, I had to make sure that we made it through at least half a series before we decided to get married. <laughs> Yeah, that was part of the deal for sure. It's a prerequisite. Yes, absolutely. It it was uh, what Lindsay and I watched when we were dating. I would drive to Sioux Falls. We'd pop in a DVD of Friday Night Lights and watch one or two episodes uh, every time we hung out. So it is. It's. uh, I mean, if you can't agree on that, the outlook's not good. Yeah, deal breaker. Absolutely deal breaker. Yep. I we've to, to to be sure Karen and I finished the show prior to sealing the deal. And if she had not cried at least maybe six, seven times <laughs> yeah. throughout the process, we wouldn't be where we are. So perfect. Yeah. Good call. You're a wise man. And now that I'm thinking about it, well, going with our release schedule, I don't know that I, though there's almost certainly no chance that Angie and I will finish the series before we get married. So I might be Ooh. jumping into something uh, bad here, but <laughs> we'll see. Hey, that's risky. That's it. Yeah. That's an at your own risk kind of situation. Man. We might have to, uh, we might maybe over like my Christmas break, we'll have to amp up our recording schedule so we can get through it a little faster. <laughs> really get through the whole series. Yeah. Just to make sure. 
Yeah. Uh, well, Alex, you will also be a candidate for uh, our next podcast, which we're going to go ahead and put in another plug in for right here, because maybe the first time I watched the OC was Ooh. in that house with you. And I'm pretty sure we like, we watched that together together. Like we sat Ooh, down yeah. Oh, and yeah. watched that together. So well, I had, <clears throat> I had the box set, I believe still do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, we hundred percent watched that all the way through together. Perfect. Well, uh, for all you listeners out there, be looking out for that. And, uh, if you enjoy Alex on this episode, uh, which, you know, we'll see, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you can look for him probably on, uh, on uh, one of the seasons of our OC podcast as well. So Alex, we're pumped that you're with us. Thanks for making time uh, to do this. Uh, you know, it's not a bad way to spend a Friday night nope. drinking and talking about Friday night lights. So we're excited Thanks. you're here. Uh, gentlemen, I got to know, we'll start with you, Anthony. What are you drinking tonight? Sure. Well, uh, you know, last weekend, as we record this, uh, last weekend was Halloween uh yes. had some friends over and and we went out but we did a little uh pre-game drinking uh over here at the at the loft um my friend kevin shout out to kevin kurtz uh kurtz. was kind enough to was kind enough to leave a kona big wave in my fridge hey, so man <laughs> kona big waves becoming yeah. the uh unofficial sponsor of <laughs> yeah really send them an email but uh i've also got uh you know i know it's a uh, I know it's a finale. I've got the mixing bowl full of ice and some friendly beers in here. I got about five left or five in here moving on after the, after the Kona big wave. So that is how we do it around here. Uh, I, I did not pack a mixing bowl full of ice with my extra beers. However, uh, I didn't do that because my kids were in bed and to get the ice out would be very noisy, but I did pack a cooler. So I've got that right now. I'm drinking some Bacardi Limon, another unofficial sponsor of reliving the lights <laughs> with, uh, some art- artificially sweetened, uh, what was it called? Red, white, and blue popsicle flavored water beverage. Uh, okay. so it's like bomb pop water, yeah. <laughs> sparkling water from great value. Uh, and so it's very delicious. I've got that going, but then I have my lunchbox packed with one of the, uh, former sponsor of the show, Jordan Erickson's, uh, grain belt premiums that he provided for the show. And, oh, I thought I packed one of each. I thought I had a grain belt Northeast, but I've got two friendlies on deck. So nothing wrong with that. Keep the palate clean. Yep. Uh, how about you, Alex? What do you got? this evening well uh i'm i'm easing into it with uh you know no shame nice little black cherry bud light seltzer <laughs> we i i at least have no shame at what i drink on the show anthony yeah, usually keeps it classy I mean, but yep. you can't <laughs> but i will i will put a little you know michigan plug here i don't know if you all know but michigan uh, probably the only thing that I agree with Michiganders about <laughs> being good about the state of Michigan is the fact that it is the, uh, the craft brew capital of the United States. Yeah. So I've, I've been uh, up there and that's what I remember about it. Absolutely. I'll put a little plug in for bells. I've got, I've also got a yes. bells two hearted ale IPA here, which is uh yep. which is really solid IPA. Very solid beer. Um, yep. 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we'll dip into that a little bit later. That's one that's pretty readily available uh, over here in South Dakota, Iowa as well. So that's Yeah, for sure. It's one of the more popular brews that they make. But uh, Bell's Bell's is a great company, actually. They um, they make a lot of good beers for sure. And Too Hard is definitely up there. I think I was drinking uh, when I got into the Bell's Too Hearted was Probably the last time I saw you in person, Alex, which was in Okaboji in the summer of 2014. My Ooh, my summer of debauchery. Way through. Oh no! Absolutely. <laughs> Do you? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh no! God dang it! I was try. I was gonna throw the strip club in Boji's name in there, but I forgot. Oh, Boji Nights. <laughs> but there's Boji. also so Boji Nights is in. Uh, uh, Arnold's Park, but then there's yeah. also Zippers, which is down in Milford, which is part of the what I call the mini megalopolis of of the Okaboji area. <laughs> okay, Z- Zippers is a gentleman's club, though. Let's 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 get <laughs> the big difference. Right. Is the landing big strip difference. a strip club or a gentleman's club? The landing strip is. <laughs> One hundred percent a strip club. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there are no gentlemen. There are no gentlemen. I mean, all all we really know about uh, the landing strip is that uh, Buddy Garrity and the Riggins brothers frequent. So <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a strip club that to me. T- tells you all you need to know. Alex, no uh, listeners of the show know this, but did you know the landing strip is an actual strip club in Austin, Texas? I did. I actually did not know that. It's a real place. I'm glad to know that. That is fantastic. <clears throat> At some point, who knows when? But Anthony and I and our significant others are going to head down to Austin, and uh, we are at least going to go get a T-shirt from the landing strip. Um, I have to. I, I think maybe our our uh, gift for all of our previous. Uh, guest hosts on Friday Night Lights might be a landing strip t-shirt. So you might Ooh, that would be yeah, really good. You, you might get one of those coming your way someday. That would be fire. I mean, I would not complain. That would be <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. But uh yeah, Bell Too Hard Hail. <laughs> good stuff for sure. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh that's what we're drinking. Uh, and that is a little intro to our guest host, Alex Menning. Let's get into it. This is episode 413. It is entitled Thanksgiving. I didn't pull up my eye. Yeah, kind of timely for when we're recording yeah, this. This episode originally aired February 10th of 2010. So not uh, timely when it was actually released, but timely when this episode released. Anthony... Uh, I'm assuming our friend Haven Iron Oak, our, I don't know. Is he our friend? Uh, I like for, dude one was, <laughs> I leave for St. Petersburg in two days. So <laughs> Haven Iron Oak better look out cause I've got his home address and he has not responded <laughs> to any of my, uh, Twitter, uh, inquiries or Quora questions or anything. So, uh, he might just find. I'm just going knocking on his door. This yep. host of reliving the lice at his door. But all right, what does Haven Iron Oak have to say about this episode? Yeah, here it comes. Jess confides to Landry that she has feelings for Vince. Thanksgiving arrives the day before the big game. Finds the Taylors playing host to an extended family dinner. The Riggins are there, including the newest Riggins. Matt's back from Chicago. 
Buddy is bringing his own turkey to deep fry. Then on Friday, the Lions meet the Panthers on the Panthers home field, but they're a tougher team than anticipated. It all comes down to Landry. Can he make a 45 yard field goal to and win the game? Oh man! Wow, David Ironoak is fully descended into Movie he, Dude One Madness he, at this point. He's yes. take, he has taken another step into Movie Dude One territory. <laughs> yeah. I can, and the best is that last sentence. That last sentence, there is no punctuation. It all it comes all down to Landry. Can he make a forty-five yard field goal and win the game? There's no comma That's or incredible. like semicolon or anything in there, or even a dash like. What a mess. I'm very excited for what season five is going to bring with the Haven Iron. <laughs> yeah, it, it is insane. progressing. Uh, I also, let's see. I feel like now this is controversial because no one actually knows how to use a semicolon. I feel like he could have used a semicolon in one of these sentences yes. when it says, I'm looking at it here. Thanksgiving arrives the day before the big game finds the Taylors host to an extended family dinner. Yep. I feel like you could throw a semicolon in after Thanksgiving arrives. uh, There's so many messy sentences in here. I mean, I I think the the last sentence takes the cake. The, it all comes down to Landry. Can he make a 45 yard field goal to win the game (laughs) is a mess. But then like one of the sentences just, Matt's back from Chicago. <laughs> and there's sense the Riggins are there, including the newest Riggins. Like those are those are very movie dude one s. Uh, on the movie Jeez. dude one scale, this has got to be a hard like eight and a half to a nine. If you if you had told me that this was movie dude one, I'd be like I'd be a little <laughs> the, like skeptical, but I'd be like okay. The only, yeah. The only reason that I'd be skeptical is because there's too many sentences. Too many sentences, absolutely. Um, if you threw some commas in there in the place of sentences. That's a movie dude one <laughs> classic. No it's doubt. Wild. That's wild. I'm excited about this. I'm coming around, I think, to Haven Iron Oak here a little bit. Hey, at least all of those sentences have subjects and uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and predicates. <laughs> well, that's a start, at least. In the world of uh, IMDB plot synopses, uh, there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. We've learned this over the last uh, year and a half. But uh, it's going to be hard to top for Movie Dude 2. But Josh, do you have have your own Movie Dude 2 synopsis here? I'm so self-conscious about this because you're so much better at this than I am. But yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Here's what Movie Dude 2 has to say. I'm pre-embarrassed. Okay. It's the big class. <sighs> Let me start over. It's the big cat clash week in Dylan, and the opposite sides of Dylan are colliding in the last game of the season. The Riggins brothers are colliding head-on with the law as they weigh their options in the chop shop case, while Julie unexpectedly collides with Matt when she drops by the Saracen household. Tammy is colliding with the school district as Landry and Vince once again collide in their love triangle with Jess. Half of the Friday Night Lights cast collides at the Taylor household and eats Buddy's famous fried turkey. (laughs) Ooh, that's good. That's a solid movie dude too. That's that's this is your crowning achievement so far as wow. far as movie dude two goes. I did not feel good about it, but thank you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it got me excited. I don't know. <laughs> I I definitely wanted to make sure I had a clear theme after my last yes. a couple episodes ago when <laughs> we couldn't even tell what the theme was. Uh, so. Well, good. Thank you. That that uh, makes me feel good. I'm excited to take on the episode now that I know yeah. I didn't completely botch the movie dude too. <laughs> hey, football is all about collisions, and uh, there were a lot of them in there. So it, yeah, you know. it's uh, it's it's good even on a deeper level. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, let's get into the episode. This episode starts out. Uh, we it's East versus West in Dillon this week. Uh, the Panthers are playing the Lions. the The episode opens on a joint pep rally, like kind of a citywide pep rally, yeah. almost. Mayor Rodell is kind of leading the whole thing. Mm. They've got a, a nice, you know, in real life uh, tomorrow here in about uh, 15 hours or so bad at math. Um, <laughs> we've got our own uh, little thing going on here in South Dakota called What's the that? Dakota marker game. Uh, D- North Dakota versus South Dakota ah. uh, state, North Dakota, North Dakota state versus South Dakota state. Um, so uh it's kind a of a deal. similar deal. You know, yeah. so you they got I don't know if you know about this. I'll tell you I'll give a little bit of history details. for the listeners and you at home. So along the northern South Dakota border, mm-hmm. there's these markers. They're these rocks that are like, I mean, they're they're several feet tall, I think. Really? And on one side it says N D and on the other side it says S D. Uh-huh. And they're like I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this, but I wanna say that they're like 30 miles all apart from each other. Um, and so they've got a miniature one that um, every year that North Dakota State and South Dakota State play, they play for the Dakota marker. And it's oh. like a a little replica okay. Dakota marker uh, rock. And whoever wins gets to keep the, the Dakota marker for the year. Nice. I've heard the name Dakota marker, but I didn't know what that was about. So yeah. that explains it. And I believe little, we have talked on the podcast about the... Uh, the rivalry of the yes because wasn't there a team that was the buffaloes that was also or the bison yes that was yeah like yes. gold so and green the, yep yeah there was some subtle uh some subtle ndsu trash talk by the writers of friday night lights and you can't tell me any different um even though this was before they were like extremely dominant like they have been over the last like decade um right but yeah yeah there was a i think a bison's i think was the team name yeah it was bison's yeah. Or, which yeah um and yeah they were green and gold but but the blue and yellow took them to task as as we will as we did last <laughs> as year as happen. we will tomorrow uh but the, the city's having dylan is having a uh a, a joint pep rally it's the big cat clash um a new kind of rivalry they've got going mayor odell is there uh, it's obvious that Mayor Rodell is it, throughout this episode that Mayor Rodell is an is a West Dillon fan. Uh, I feel like as the town mayor, you need to be a little more unbiased than she is. Uh, mm. uh, but there's lots of uh, kind of <laughs> disingenuous handshaking between the East Dillon Lions and the the West Dillon Panthers and picture taking and whatnot. So we basically just get the picture that this is, this is a big deal. It's a, it's a town wide yep. thing and it's yep. uh really we get important. kind of like these scenes. Oh, well this is later on where we have the scenes where there every, every business in town is like closed for the game yep. and all that. Yeah. Um, but over meanwhile, over at the Riggins household, we've got uh, Tim and Billy's lawyer. Uh, who is kind of asking Tim and Billy questions about the chop shop, kind of get an idea of exactly what they are planning to use as their defense, what they know, what, you know, what they're willing to say Mm -hmm. and thinks he can get them a deal, but they're looking at one to five years. Yeah. Not looking real good for the Regan's brothers at this point. All right. Julie goes over to grandma Saracen's. Apparently the, Taylors have invited grandma over to Thanksgiving. 
yeah, it was hard to tell exactly what was going on with this scene. We we can get into it later, but really bizarre guest list for the uh, for the Taylor <laughs> <Yeah>. family <laughs> for this Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, but Julie goes over there. She's asking if Grandma needs a ride to their house for Thanksgiving since uh, Shelby, Matt's mom, yes. is gone. Grandma says, no, actually, Matt can give me a ride. He's got that rental car. Uh, and Julie completely understandably thinks that Grandma is being dumb and crazy, uh, which Grandma Saracen usually is dumb and crazy and Correct. still is dumb and crazy. But it turns out she's actually uh, telling the truth here. Uh, Matt is at the Saracen household and Julie's a little taken aback at this. Yeah, so Matt, as it turns out, is at home. Uh, he shows up kind of goofus malufus style as he does. <laughs> he really does. Um, He's got like a like a <laughs> grin on his face. Hey. <laughs> like, hi, Julie. <laughs> In true Matt fashion. Yeah. I so he's there. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Julie. Uh <laughs> It's it's pretty apparent that Julie's kind of like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. What are you doing here? And why do I not know that you're here? Next, uh, we see Coach giving a little pep talk for the old Big Cat Clash. I love the name Big Cat Clash, by the way. It's pretty clever. It's really Panthers versus the Lions. Come on. Uh, the Big Cat Clash. <laughs> I feel like Coach turns this into a little bit of a classist conflict here a little bit like those richies over in uh west dillon are getting ready for their thanksgiving dinners and all this but us hard-working folk over in east dillon we're gonna be out here on this field uh giving it all we got um he says uh great line here i thought do i think we can beat the dillon panthers no I don't think we can beat the Bill and Pan, Dylan Pan, Bill and Panthers, Bill and Danthers. I know damn well we can beat the Dylan Panthers. Uh, coach Ooh. says so. A little bit of a, uh, I'd say a top tier coach moment here. Yeah, real, real solid uh, speech and and comment to end it. Absolutely, and I, I know for a fact there's a there's a classic uh, Coach Taylor pause in there. <laughs> with a lot of a lot of eyebrow work, and, uh, but a good, good solid stare for a couple of seconds in between those comments, you know. Absolutely, yes. uh, my my delivery did not do it justice. Kyle Chandler's kind of got one note, and it works. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is the coach. I mean, uh, you guys, did you guys ever watch Bloodline with? with uh yeah with coach taylor kind of the yeah. same guy kind you know but awesome like loved that show loved loved kyle chandler in that show i didn't maybe the last season i didn't get into so much but uh, i thought he was great he's he's just kind of coach taylor everywhere that he goes and everything <laughs> that he does yeah and you know it's one of those things where he can't escape that role a little bit but i i don't want him to you know I mean, <laughs> right you just, you just be you, Kyle Chandler. Maybe our next podcast, since you know there's already an official o- the OC rewatch podcast, uh, maybe our next rewatch podcast needs to be uh, early edition. 
with Kyle Chandler. Yeah, <laughs> just, just do the Kyle Chandler filmography podcast. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit that up. Yeah. Oh man, he's got Super a new eight. show right on Paramount Plus that I. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. That actually looked pretty good. I thought. Since so, I have Paramount Plus, I might have to check it out. Yep. You got that Showtime bundle. Uh, yep. Getting them deals. You got to do it. You don't <laughs> you, have to do you, it. You can't just, afford not to. There's like two shows on Showtime that I really like. And for the price of it, like I also got to watch Detroiters one more time. So like. <laughs> right. So uh, Paramount Plus actually works great for us because it's got uh, Nickelodeon shows. So it has Paw Patrol. Uh, which if you saw mm. my wife's Instagram over Halloween, all my kids went as yes. different Paw Patrol characters. Uh, completely adorable, uh, but they can watch the Paw Patrol movie as many times as they want uh, with Paramount+. Plus. And yes, like you said, I get to watch Detroiters, so it works for everyone. Also, uh, old episodes of all that uh, yes. from uh, Snick <laughs> back in the and day. Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think, is on there, which I already, I own all of those on Voodoo, but it's nice to know that you know, they're there, too. <laughs> it's also there. Yeah, right on. I think uh, they got some classic, like, like Rock Was Better Than Life might be on there. I know yep. they got some classic, like, you know, Nick yeah. Tune. Salute Your Shorts is on there, I'm pretty Ooh. sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the stuff. <laughs> I tried to watch Rocco's Modern Life with my uh, six-year-old and three-year-old, and I, I uh, changed my mind on that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's eh, not uh, a little inappropriate. Yeah, there's a lot going on. a lot of adult jokes on that show. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty liberal with what my kids watch, but even that was like, ah, I don't feel like this is even worth our time to uh, expose you guys to at this mm-hmm. point. So, <laughs> uh, Paramount yeah. Plus and Showtime, you can get a good deal. Yeah. Check out Coach's new show. Uh, but yes, classic Kyle Chandler moment. Next, we see Coach kind of walking in on Tammy practicing the apology statement that the school board wrote for her, I believe. Uh, she's practicing in the mirror. Tammy's like, okay, get out of here. I can't do this, especially with you watching. Coach tells her, you're going to get through this. Tammy says, am I? going to get through this should i get through this and then she says yep i'm going to get through this so we got a little coaching tammy moment there Mm. yep get a quick uh little scene of we got landry in classic landry fashion (sighs) this is brings (laughs) brings i'm gonna go i'm just warning you now i'm gonna go into landry rant again later as we do every time landry's shows his face on the screen but Sorry, I just want to like preface it right now nope. and say, "Frickin' Landry." Okay. <laughs> um, he brings a mixtape of Crucifixorious songs to Jess. It says, "See if you can guess which song is about you." <laughs> There's, of course, a song on the mixtape called "Song for Jess." <laughs> Idiot. Um, she seems pretty uncomfortable. Um, finally, eventually, let's. Landry know that she has feelings for Vince. Uh, he seems pretty miffed. Um, you know, feels like he's, you know, he's got classic nice guy syndrome. He really yep. obviously feels entitled to be her boyfriend or whatever. Um, right. And yeah, is, yeah. Uh, unreasonably mad about it for him being Landry and her being Jess. <laughs> Like exactly. He just walks away 
when you are Landry Clark and you look the way that you do, and you are dating <laughs> Jess uh, Merriweather and she looks the way that she does, when she tells you that she has feelings for another man, you don't just walk off in a huff. That's not the proper response. You've already gone out. You've gone like you've gone from the little leagues. Like we're talking, you've gone out of your league twice now. And we're talking, (laughs) I don't know what's below little league, but like two, like a world series winning MLB team. Like that's how far out of his league he's been twice now. I feel like if, you're Landry. You should be grateful, Landry. Absolutely. You you should be like, if she tells you that she's into, that she has feelings for Vince, you should be like, I totally get that. Yep. <laughs> I understand. Uh, we can work with that. We can, you know, we can work around that. I'm here for you. You know, whatever yeah. you need. Um. So, yeah, Landry sucks, as we've established. <laughs> Alex, I don't know. Uh, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how, the first time we watched this show, when we were like, you know, 20, 21 years old and mm-hmm. uh, just out of high school and watching the show, Landry was like our hero in this show. And then as we watch it now, as you know, like in our early to mid thirties, we're like, Landry's a piece of shit. Like Landry, yeah, Landry sucks, sucks. <laughs> on a regular basis. I don't know if you've had those same thoughts or, you know, I, uh, To some degree, I think. I mean, Landry, I love to hate Landry, I think. You know, I mean, Uh like he's, I think he's a great character. I think that Jesse Plemons is a great actor. Oh, yeah. um, Underrated for sure. And uh, I, I have to agree. I mean, like, you, like, first time watching the show, I felt for him. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to get the girl on multiple occasions. And, you know, he just drops the ball. Um, uh, time again. times. And then as I watched it again and again, I, I have to agree. I like, you see the pitfalls and you're like, you're like, come on, dude. Like the, you could have, you could have played this way better in, in both instances, I think, you know I mean? And, and, and then you kind of start to feel like, like what an idiot a little bit. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. He, he's a moron. He's a jerk. Uh, he has a very low view of women we can infer. And uh, we're, we're not fans on this show. Mm-hmm of Landry. And once again, this is, this is less Landry being sleazy and just more Landry being dumb. I yeah. Feel like in this he's case, a child, so. he's just, he's yeah, just a baby, just a yep. huge baby, you know? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There, there's a lot of Landry being just an absolute puss. Uh, <laughs> 100%. You know, uh, next we see Matt and Julie, they are grocery shopping, uh, so they're out together. But Julie still s- seems pretty standoffish uh, with Matt. Matt's telling Julie about his apartment and where he lives in Chicago. <laughs> he says, like, he lives over a, a coffee shop. And so, like, yeah, it always smells like coffee. Every time I go up my stairway, I get a caffeine high. Uh, and Julie's like, uh, you can't get a caffeine high from smelling coffee. <laughs> That's physically impossible. <laughs> so Julie's being a real uh, 
Yeah. Uh, ranking high on the Julie Taylor Hato meter, I feel like here. <laughs> yes. For me, I don't know. Yes. If this was hateable. No, I, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, you kind of get uh, to an extent, like, to an extent, to an extent. Yes. Um, you know, she kind of finally eventually like, calls Matt out and he tells her, you know, he misses her. And if he, he would have said goodbye, he wouldn't have been able to leave. You know, he, yeah. he had to get out. Um, he also lets her know that he has purchased a plane tickets for her to yep. Chicago. Yeah. Which I thought this was a, this was a pretty great line from Matt that really helped us understand a little bit more why he did what he did. Cause it is, I don't know. It is pretty inexcusable to just leave town and not tell your girlfriend or your best sure. friend what yeah. you're doing. But I thought that was a good explanation. Listen, if I would have stopped, to tell you goodbye i never would have left so mm-hmm. still sucks for julie but i feel like give us a little sympathy for matt yeah this is like an all-time high to the awkwardness of this relationship i feel like i mean oh yeah this this whole situation where all of a sudden he's just you know he's back and he was just he just was gone out of nowhere and it's just it's very awkward i feel like i mean yeah. You know, I, I, I am of the, the camp that loves Matt and Julie and, and, and yeah. how things end up with them and their whole, you know, evolution. But, uh, but this, this is just like a very awkward point. <laughs> yep. Like that, yeah. that, that honestly just, it struggles a little bit. I feel like. As- aside from the Swede storyline, this might be a low in their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, and the fact that this is all like playing out in public too is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You'd think they would have had a private conversation about all of this before they went out grocery shopping together. But yeah. But then it's, again, it's high school. You got to remember in this show. Like, true. It's high school. And yeah. I mean, you know, Matt has kind of moved on from high school, but Julie is still like 16 or 17 yeah. years old. And, and just uh, practically speaking, when you're in high school, it's hard to find uh, opportunities to have deep, meaningful conversations and have the privacy to do it. So, yeah. You know. And I, I know for a fact that I had awkward <laughs> conversations similar to this in Fairway with girls in high school. Like, I mean, it actually, you know, it it almost it almost fits that way because it, it this this sort of thing definitely does happen. Yeah, because yeah, you don't, true to life, you're not adult about it. Uh, you know, at that stage in your life, and so you wind up in these situations. That yeah, that that makes sense. So yeah, kind of a, a, a maybe an accurate representation of yeah. these types of situations uh, for high schoolers. So, Julie, yeah being being a real jerk about it we kind of understand why but at the same time like okay come on julie um next we see landry they're going out to practice the lions are landry confronts vince about uh that interaction they had maybe last episode or a couple episodes i'm not sure where Vince said, hey, I think you and Jess are good together. Um, so Landry kind of calls him out like, hey, thanks for telling me that we're good together. And then you went ahead and stole my girl. Uh, real cool, man. So um, the tension yeah, is doesn't back. really give Vince even a chance to explain himself. Just kind of runs off after saying it. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. So full love triangle, Vince, Jess, uh, Landry moment. You know, Josh, it just occurred to me, we've been doing this. Uh, this is something like our 65th, 65th episode. Getting up and there, it just yeah. struck me that uh, I can just mute my mic when I crack a new beer. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't make the, <laughs> the recording. <laughs> anyway, you cracked another one. Are you on to the friendlies? Yeah, I'm uh, on to my second friendly. So same third here. beer of the night. We cracked our friendlies at the same time. That's a true reliving the lights moment. We should have let you know, Alex, to pick up some grain belt premiums, but yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they do they have it out in, in Michigan? I think they probably don't. Uh, <laughs> not in the high domain. But maybe, maybe in the upper peninsula, but probably maybe not in the UP. Maybe <laughs> yeah. in the UP. You know, I, I don't know. You never know what you're gonna find up there. But uh, I have not seen it on the shelves uh near near where I live. All right. Uh, hey, cheers to you. Um, let's get after it. Next, we see Tammy's press conference. Uh, she starts to read the pre-written apology statement that the school board wrote her, but she basically gets through the first line and then bails on it and says, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, not sorry. I care about students, uh, and I'm always going to care about students, and that's what's important to me, basically. Yep. So, yep. I never made a decision that was against the, you know, that would have ever hurt a student like I you know, I care a lot about these kids, yep. et cetera. Yep. So, uh, kind of a big moment. There's a lot of kind of uproar and murmuring. Uh, yeah. Throughout you hear place. one, like, I think it's Luke's mom. Yes, say like, mock, you know, me. that wasn't an apology. You know, you said I, she was going to apologize. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Tammy causes a bit of an uproar, throws a wild card in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get a scene of Luke in Coach's office. It's telling Luke that, hey, next year I might transfer to a different school. You know, there's all these other schools that have pretty solid programs. I could jump into theirs. Uh, Coach really keeps his poker face yeah. uh, while he's here in this um, and is, frankly, pretty hard on Luke. He's been pretty hard on Luke this yeah. whole season. From from day one. He's basically yeah, from, He basically yeah. says, like, cool story, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, see ya. Yep. Um, Luke asks, like, uh, hey, uh, I was kind of expecting you to ask me to stay. What's up? And coach kind of sticks it to him for hiding the injury and, and all that that happened, not telling anyone that he was injured. Luke asks, asks uh, Coach Taylor to let him play on Friday. Coach says, you'll suit up, but you won't be playing. So mm. a little, little tense situation for sure. What's the, uh, what's the overall feeling, uh, on this podcast about Luke as a player and as a, as a person, like, I'd say we're a fan, guys, right? You guys yeah. Like- of, for sure of him as a person, like yep. he seems like almost impossibly genuine and good as a person. I mean, mm-hmm. I always felt like like Luke absolutely got dealt just one of the worst hands, <laughs> I think. I mean absolutely. Like uh what happened to him was as a high school football star was just 
really tough. And he actually, I actually think he handled it really well. He always handles everything. Yeah. Beautifully. It's basically like, here's this incredibly authentic, genuine, good person. Uh, first of all, we're going to, uh, screw him over by making him get busted on this thing that happens all the time with the fake mailbox and making him go to East Dillon. He handles mm-hmm. it great. Uh, then he gets this injury or maybe this isn't the right order. Then he gets this terrible injury and gets addicted to pills, but he, but we still know that like, he's a great person throughout it mm-hmm. all. Like we don't, we don't feel like he's a sleaze ball for getting addicted to pills. Like it's just the way it goes. <laughs> and then he gets this girl pregnant and she has an abortion and he is like, absolutely as for an, a 17, 18 year old kid handles the situation literally as good as any person, let alone a 17 year or 18 year old male uh, could ever handle it. And he just, we, we just keep, he just keeps getting crapped on the entire yeah. time and he nails and- it every time. You know, in those situations, like people that have been dealt so many crap hands, I think it's, you got to, you have extremes either like that turns you into the best human being uh, possible or the worst human being possible. Mm -hmm. Mm. So next, uh, Matt drops by to see Landry and basically Landry is as pissed at Matt as Julie. Maybe more. Yeah. I'd I'd, for sure. Uh, He's literally mad. closes the door in his face. <laughs> yeah, he's not having it at all. Um, mad, obviously, that Matt did not call him before he left for Chicago or since he left for yeah. Chicago. Uh, so Landry's not having it. Shuts the door on him, as he said. Uh, Matt walks away and has the line, he's like a girl, <laughs> which I feel like was supposed to be funny, but actually reflected poorly on Matt here. Yeah. Because mm. actually, Matt, you're the jerk. I, we hate Landry, but uh, in this case, you're actually in the wrong. Sorry. And honestly, um, you know, going back to, there's a few episodes ago that the Julie Taylor hate meter reached a 10 out of 10. It might've even gone into an 11 out of 10. Um, <laughs> right. But there's a scene where Julie gets so mad because Matt called grandma and not her. Um, yeah. Like, couldn't she have had a conversation with Landry? Cause it sounds like he ghosted them both, which like that's on the same level, right? Like yeah. best friend and high school girlfriend. <laughs> right. You know, like it seems like he's got his priorities, you know, at least consistent. I, 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 this is okay. So we, we're not a fan of Julie Taylor. We're not a fan of Landry Clark, but at the same time, Matt, kind of sucks in this situation in this particular situation but yeah but i i honestly i agree with what he said though like that he if he if he would have tried to say goodbye he wouldn't have been able to leave do you think that's true of landry though like Uh, i feel like you could leave landry behind i feel like julie amy teagarden come on the show uh i feel like amy teagarden is one thing we can understand that you can't leave amy teagarden behind no jesse plemons yeah forget about that's fine just yeah, head sorry. off to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, I'll, I'll have, I'll say like, uh, I think Matt also 
got dealt like a pretty bad hand. Oh, like, in the, oh 100%. Repeated. Like, yes. Like the, he, you know, I, I love Matt. I love the character of Matt, but this is a, this is a bad time in the series for Matt. Like uh, they, yeah. they kind of try to ruin Matt a little bit here. And he, um, like he, he got screwed over so many times. Oh, so man. many bad things happened to him. And he's another guy that like really just kind of took it in stride and stood up to it. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, they kind of shit on him a little bit and, and he looks bad here. I think, you know, I mean, for, for a while. Thanks for standing up for Matt. Like he deserves that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like I, I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like they need to give him a break after everything you know yeah yeah that he's been through that's fair basically luke cafferty wishes he was half the man that matt saracen yeah a little bit (laughs) to a certain extent but yeah no you're right thank you for standing up for matt in this moment because he deserves it he really does uh he has far exceeded the expectations of any 20 year old uh dude that we could ever like expect out of anybody. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If you put you put me in Matt Saracen's situation, <laughs> I'm living on the street right now, man. I'm I'm on Phillips Avenue, uh begging for change from on oncoming uh folks. <laughs> for sure. And he kind of did he kind of did what a lot of people in his situation probably should do but don't. You yeah, know like that's, yeah that's a good point. absolutely like he he had uh he had some dreams and some goals and he just kind of said you know what like all these things are holding me back I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do the thing that I that mm-hmm. I think is gonna make me happy mm-hmm. and I don't blame him for that. No know? and this this is something we've talked about on the show before the concept we've uh with Tyra the idea that she had so many people in her life telling her because she was trying to reach her goals, she had that indignant, you know, Oh, you think you're better than us mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think Matt didn't necessarily had that. He had something maybe even uh, for sure, just as hard um, where he didn't have anybody indignant with him, but just, he had, he, he felt that moral obligation to stay behind in lieu of chasing his own dreams. Yeah. Which is, you know, something that we haven't talked about and then is, you know, arguably just as hard, but probably not as common. Yeah. I do not. Once again, I do not remember basically how any of this ends. So same. Uh, I'm, I'm so assuming excited. that Matt and Julie end up together, but spoil it. I've watched this. Uh, like Alex said, he's watched it four times. I'm pretty sure I've watched this five times. Still don't remember what happens. Alex, no. don't say anything. Yeah, don't remember. say anything. I won't spoil it. <laughs> I won't spoil, no spoilers. But I, Our I, listeners in Jamaica and uh, Laos may this might be their first time watching through, so we don't yeah, want to spoil it. We don't want to spoil it. We don't want to spoil it. So, uh, I think yeah, it's been like a good eight years since I've seen this, so I just don't oh, remember. Man. Yeah, no, Taryn and I've watched it. Probably last year, so it's, it's oh, pretty, it's fresh, it's pretty fresh in my mind. Nice. All right, coach. Yeah, so back at the uh, Taylor household, coach uh, lets Tammy know that Buddy is coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, not only is he coming, he's bringing his famous uh, deep fried turkey. <laughs> um, yes. We also find out this is another. So we find out that Ma Colette 
and the Riggins brothers will also be at the Taylor yeah, house what the Thanksgiving. Heck? And we already know that Graham Saracen's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this, and this is kind of another moment where it's almost like the writers winking at us. I don't know if you got this. Yes. But in this in the season three finale, I did write this um, down. In the season three finale, there's a scene where Coach and Tammy are at Billy and Mindy Riggins' yes. wedding. And Coach says to Tammy, like, I don't even know why we're here. I don't even know Billy Riggins that well. <laughs> and it's almost a nod to the audience to be yep. like, Yeah, we know that this doesn't make sense. And Tammy, I think, says something like, yep, yep." she says, like, you know, this doesn't really make, she literally says this doesn't make any sense, like, uh, or something like, right? Doesn't she say it doesn't make any sense? Did you write down the exact? Yep, yep. Something, something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, this is all strange. I don't really know why we're having (laughs) these people over, (laughs) but I did appreciate that because it's, it's, uh, you know that I hate when TV shows break the fourth wall. Is yes. it fourth? It's fourth, right? Yeah, fourth yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. I hate when TV shows break the fourth wall. So, like, we tried to watch Community again with uh, Lindsay and I, but mm. Abed breaks the fourth wall so often that, like, it annoys me. This is an example of where it's just subtle Trying enough. To do it correctly. Th- yeah, they they just sneak it in. Uh, subtly enough that uh, I actually laughed at this and made a note of it uh, in my notes. So yes, absolutely. Uh, thinking back though, does Grandma? Do we actually see Grandma Saracen at the table at Thanksgiving dinner? I am pretty sure yes. Although no, um, so I'm writing my notes. I do remember. Oh yeah, there was some annoyance. Um, Mindy was annoyed at Buddy. Uh, but I don't remember if we saw grandma, but I'm sure yeah. she was there. Okay. Surprisingly, she wasn't talking. Buddy was stealing the spotlight. <sighs> I guess. Yeah. When you have, when you have buddy and grandma Saracen yeah. in the same place, buddy's <laughs> two, gonna out two big personalities. <laughs> uh, we hate grandma Saracen on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you know that Alex, but uh, not a fan of grandma Saracen. She's the worst. She's, she's, very annoying. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, and like, it's, we feel bad saying it, but she's always in the way. I mean, uh, I've recently, uh, started watching the Sopranos and Anthony, I texted Anthony that maybe Tony's mom on yeah, Sopranos is the only character that's ever rivaled, uh, just the sheer hateability <laughs> of grandma Saracen. <laughs> but, uh, I think she does it. But other than that, grandma Saracen's the worst. Yeah, this is a uh, an anti grandma Saracen uh, podcast. However, Luann Stevens, come on the show. We'll take you. Absolutely. <laughs> come on the show. Uh, in the midst of all this. I mean, is she still alive? That's a good question, actually. I think we have to answer that question now. Can we confirm? It looks like there is no death date on her, but there's also no birth date on her IMDb page. Apparently, her. Her most known movie is a movie called Instinct with what appears to be yeah, Anthony Hopkins and Cuba Gooding Jr. What? is what she's most known for. What? Oh, she was in a movie in 2021 called What Josiah Saw. So, hey, Luann, if you're doing that, come on the show. What the <laughs> hell? Luann. Still kicking. She's, she, she's at least still kicking enough to, to be in a movie in 2021. 
Blue Ann, we'd like to have you on the show and talk about what it's like to be the worst character in TV history. Uh, we hate you, but come on the show. <laughs> Please come on the show. So in, in the midst of all this, uh, they kind of move on to the conversation that, you know, Tammy kind of tells Coach, I don't really know what's going on with this whole, you know, abortion situation, but they're going to have a meeting and it very well could be a meeting where I get fired. So that's mm. on the table at this point. Tammy could lose her job. Becky shows up and kind of rips into Tim a little bit for being a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of asked Tim about the chop shop. She gets pretty pissed off. Uh, you know, says that you, you lied to me, you, this and that, um, just really puts Tim on blast. Yeah. Tim had made a big deal about turning his life around and all mm -hmm. that. I think when they were kind of looking at the, the property, you know, that he was looking at buying and all that. So, yeah. Becky's not real impressed with the recent developments of him going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Becky is definitely another character that, you know, I feel like this is becoming a common theme, but that the first time I watched the show, I was like, oh man, I really like Becky. She's cute. Uh, whatever. And then by the, by the last time I watched the show, I was like, Becky sucks. Really? <laughs> oh shoot! I'm I'm actually really liking Becky. I'm so pro far Becky this right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so far, I don't know. We don't know what happens in season. Five. I mean, we do, but we don't. I. It's been right. it's been ten years since I've watched season uh season five. So yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I like I see. Uh, it's weird because really she's like sixteen, but uh, but she has become just kind of annoying to me. I don't know. I don't think she's, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's fair to Tim at all. And, uh, their sure. whole relationship, I think is just like, I think it's kind of bogus the way that she acts. I don't think she's fair to Luke at all. Like for the majority of their relationship. I don't know. She, she kind of bugs me a little bit, uh, but Becky is another person. Her mom's a bitch. Her dad's stuck. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. She's another person that's been dealt a crap hand. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And I feel and like she, she's a decent she person despite the best that. of it, you know, but like, mm -hmm. like the whole like pageant stuff, like, <laughs> yeah, come, <laughs> sure. like, come on. I don't know. And, and like, yeah, I, the, the more times I, I watch through the show, the more I'm just like, come on Becky like <laughs> you're just kind of annoying I don't know I That's felt just, like when we weird. were introduced to Becky she seemed extremely young and she continually kind of seems more mature and more like understanding of how the the world works and everything to where before when Tim when it was like are Tim and Becky going to be a thing it was creepy and mm -hmm. now it's like okay well, you can see that being a yeah, thing Tim yeah, and yeah Becky, sure so that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at with it. Uh, I can, I don't think it's fair to Tim how she reacts to this, but I can understand where Becky's coming from in this just because of her father in that whole situation and the way her mother is yeah, basically like another 16 year old girl that's yeah. raising Becky. So yeah, to so, me, Becky winds up being like, uh, 
I don't know, one of the characters who like is most believably like like a, a 15 or 16 year old like high high school 100 percent yep yeah because most of them uh seem like 25 year olds whereas becky legitimately seems like a 15 year old yep Mm -hmm. yeah all right next we uh see practice the east dillon lions are practicing on thanksgiving day uh coach has made good on his word that while uh the west dillon lion or no the west dillon panthers are uh, having their nice Thanksgiving dinners. They're going to be working on the practice field. And so he's being real hard ass about the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, I, this is what I wrote down in my notes that the practice isn't looking super promising. Uh, they don't look like a team that can maybe stack up mm. uh, to the Dillon Panthers. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, coach kind of eventually dismisses everyone one by one uh, until it's just Vince that's left. It's just Coach and Vince. Vince kind of gets real with Coach, like, Coach, can I do this? Um, I know how bad you want this. I can feel, I can feel it. I can feel how bad you want to beat Wes Dillon. I'm just not sure that I'm the guy that's going to be able yeah. to do that for you. Um. But coach just kind of brushes that off. He, I feel like he doesn't even really acknowledge it. Like, okay, yep, let's just <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. Don't worry about it. I don't know. I don't know if um, any other impressions on that. Well, I do. I don't have any other impressions, but I do have a note for this uh, practice and post practice scenes. We do get a little music cue, Josh. Oh, okay. Um, a uh, little self-referential music cue. Really? A uh, song called Sway by the Heartless Bastards. <laughs> oh, the Heartless <laughs> Bastards are back, huh? Yeah. Nice. Uh, they've got the in with Peter Berg, apparently. Yeah, apparently Peter Berg's a big fan, or maybe uh, Jason Kadams. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't know, but... Very nice. Uh, but after that scene, it is Thanksgiving at the Taylor household. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, I do have in my notes. Grandma Saracen is praising Buddy's deep-fried turkey. You're right. Uh, so Grandma Saracen is there. Yep. She's um, at the table, I was going to say. Yep. Mindy seems pretty annoyed by Buddy being there at all. I wasn't sure what that was, but okay, yeah. That's that's what I took that. it, was that Mindy was looking annoyed at Buddy in general. Um, Understandable for the, Absolutely, the yeah. history of Ma Colette and Buddy. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but Buddy and Macolette are flirting. Macolette says something like, he's handsome and he can cook a turkey, <laughs> which like knowing her situation does not seem like a realistic thing for her to say, but also Macolette's been through the ringer a time or two, so maybe she's ready to <laughs> maybe ready to give Buddy another chance. Yeah, we probably can't pass judgment on Macolette yeah. and her. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Buddy has done nothing that we know of to uh, redeem himself. From <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's um, so. But at the kind of the tail end of, the, of this scene, we do see Billy gets really emotional. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I mean, the implication is he knows he's going to jail, so he wants to say something nice. So he gives an, a really nice, uh, emotionally like near tears toast. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that. Uh, the actor who plays Billy Riggins will be jerking himself off by the time they get to this episode talking about how 
<laughs> Boo that guy. Boo. <laughs> they have a rival podcast. Yeah. They started the, like a couple months four, ago. Four or five weeks ago, not even. Um, yeah, the actors who play Billy and Mindy Regan started their own rewatch podcast, so we are beefing with them hard. Oh, <laughs> we are an anti that podcast podcast. The chick uh, who plays Mindy Regan's doesn't look anything like Mindy Regan's in real life. Yeah. I've noticed that as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got like brown hair and looks way too wholesome. <laughs> Boo. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, uh, but we get a little, just a brief little glimpse of uh, an alien life form licking decorative <laughs> yeah. corn. Uh, it's not real food. It's decorative. Uh, apparently, Gracie is not familiar with these traditional human foods that are being served at uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, she is trying to eat the decorative corn. So just another a uh, little nugget of evidence that Gracie is not actually human and is an ugly ass alien baby. I mean, as, as many people have, as we have, you know, hated on, uh, my God, I hate <laughs> Gracie Bell. Oh, you're going to fit in well than, on this podcast. Maybe yeah. more than any other character on the show from start to finish. Gracie Bell Taylor is the worst. Like, if if there's one take that this podcast have has that I will stand by, thick and through thick and thin to the end of time, it's that Gracie Bell is not actually a human. Um, she no. is some sort of extraterrestrial life form. She comes from some planet where like f- foreheads are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, uh, you know, like that's, that's the most prominent feature and, and, and wow. Like just uh, what, what an annoying, what an annoying character. The disgusting. planet from the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie um, <laughs> with yeah. the, where they have the huge foreheads, <laughs> this island yeah. earth, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. It's a deep cut reference. She's, she's from there, you know? <laughs> Hater, hate it. Uh, just one more piece of evidence in the reliving the lights. Uh, yeah, uh, canon. Uh, next, we see Vince eating with his mom uh, at rehab. Uh, he's brought some takeout in, and they're kind of having a nice little, you know, heartfelt thing. It seems like his mom is doing well uh, in rehab. That things are being, uh, or things are going successfully there. Uh, Jess shows up, and we know how Vince's mom loves oh, yeah. Jess. She's a big fan. Jess brought some... Uh, now, do you guys say it pecan pie or pecan pie? How, how do you pronounce it? I say pecan, personally. Yeah, same. Unless I'm like doing a bit, then I say pecan. <laughs> uh, she brought some pecan pie. I'm with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. some real nice, happy, one big happy family vibes that we get, uh, from Vince and Jess and Vince's mom. Yeah. Uh, back at Becky's house, Tim shows up, uh, in secret in undercover of the night, uh, as it were. And, 
uh, tells Becky that she's like family. He gives her the snow globe and says, you know, hey, I want you to hang on to this, but I'll I'll be back to get it. Yeah, he kind of does the thing where he's like, listen, I understand if you're pissed at me, um, but I need, I need to, I need you to be my friend right now. Um, if you're my friend, uh, you're my family. And even if I'm gone, my family will take care of you. So he kind of acknowledges like <laughs> your dad sucks. Your mom is dependable. <laughs> but while I'm gone, um, my, my family will take care of you. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, whatever our feelings are on Becky individually, I feel like our feelings towards the Becky Tim relationship is positive overall. Yes, I agree. They're watching out for Uh, each other. At least from Tim's perspective, uh, maybe not from Becky's perspective from the jump, but sure, 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 sure. Coach and Tammy, we see them laying awake in bed. Tammy's worried about what happens if she gets fired what it will do to their family. Just a short little scene there. Yep. Yep. Just a little, uh, Tammy's anxiety coach kind of comforts her. Um, but you know what? The next day it's game day, game day. Uh, we get kind of a little montage of the whole town is shut down. Everything. The whole day focuses on no black Friday deals in Dillon, Texas. Uh, (laughs) The town is shut down for the, for the game. Didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Uh, they're big cat clash. He, what are you they, do? they probably should have been at Walmart picking up some cheap DVDs and Blu-rays. But <laughs> yeah, that's the move this year. It's pretty. It's pretty weak. I, I saw the ad. I'm very disappointed. Physical Yikes. media. It's on its way out. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. I hate to know it, but you're. I don't think you're wrong. All right. So yeah, game day. Uh, the game starts with JD McCoy. Uh, hate him. We we're not JD McCoy fans on the show, obviously. No. JD he McCoy. Looks, uh, he looks like if Billy Eilish were a boy. <laughs> he just does. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, JD throws a touchdown pass, and we hate to see it. Um, coach pulls Vince Vince aside at that point as Vince is getting ready to take the field and says, Hey Vince, I'm gonna enjoy watching you beat him all night long. So coach has full confidence I in his quarterback. Love I love that. I love that little that line that scene. I mean we love anything anti JD McCoy for sure. <laughs> I mean, but also anti McCoy family. That's like uh right. I mean that's the point where you know like Vince is Vince is about to show up. I yeah, mean right, yeah. Like Here there's no no coach has ever said anything more inspirational to a player <laughs> than that right there. I mean Yep. And uh it definitely comes into play because Vince immediately scrambles uh on kind of a broken play and runs one in for a touchdown. So yeah. uh the the Lions score Landry's up to kick the extra point. Fucking Landry. Shanks it. <laughs> Wide left. This guy. Shanks a PAT. Uh, the worst. We we already know from his interaction with Matt that he's already in his own head. And uh, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Misses an extra point. Yep. Uh, we do see the Panthers hit a couple touchdowns. Yep. They stay yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. Stay hot. They're up 21 to six. 
Uh, Coach calls a pass to Tinker. Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> Let's go, Tinker. <laughs> Is that, that even Tinker. legal? <laughs> Unsung hero, Tinker. Tinker is a man's man. I mean, he is. He's honestly the MVP of the East Dillon Lions. Tinker is a fantastic B character. Probably the best B character of the entire series. I'd have to think about it, but he's better better than her conversation for sure. I mean, (laughs) when he, when he shows up to Luke's house to help him build, 100% talk about a powerful scene. I mean, top notch. Uh, yeah, yeah, what a I mean, guy! You got Herc. Uh, you got Grandma he Saracen. He's better than Grandma Saracen. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Santiago. Yeah, <laughs> he's better than Mindy or Billy uh, Riggins. Yeah, um, 100%. yeah. He's got to be the best B character of the entire series. I we think. love Tinker. I also love how he caught this touchdown. It was like he was literally standing still and just reached up <laughs> and caught the. It wasn't yeah. like you know, like a running catch or anything. Right. He just yeah. like was standing in the just end zone, reached up, caught. grabbed yeah. it. I think it the only important question is: Did he report as an eligible receiver on the play? Ah. Well, that's what Vince asked. He's like, "Is that even legal?" Yeah, and Coach is kind of like, "I don't know, but we got to run We're it to find, find out." out. <laughs> yeah, that seems like maybe not the best strategy for a head coach, but okay. Didn't throw the flag, so I mean, it, it worked you know. out for him. Uh, Wade Aikman at this point looks like he's gonna cry. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that they just flash uh, Wade, and he. Well, we got the shot. Yeah, shot that, and we. We kind of see we at some point in here we see a shot of Joe McCoy on the sideline looking pretty pissed <laughs> off, but love to see that. Angie made a point, so shout out to Angie, my fiance, uh, that Joe McCoy is still wearing his wedding ring. So either he's still holding on to the past, oh. or maybe things are mended in the. Uh, or this is what my theory was: maybe he was trying to get sympathy from Tammy. Or trying to get in Tammy's head. I think we can just assume that whatever the worst explanation for why Joe McCoy would be wearing his wedding ring would be, that is the one that we can assume is true. Right. What a douche. Yeah. The joy, the joy, the Joe McCoy stud of suds, scumbag move of (laughs) the the week. Uh, would be wearing his wedding wearing ring, his so. wedding ring. Yes. Cuz no matter what what the reason was, it's scummy. <laughs> <laughs> we can assume 100%. Yeah. Yes. Um so after the pass to Tinker, we get a uh uh two-point conversion. Obviously, coach is showing that he's not feeling very confident in Landry. <laughs> Landry the, looks so sad. <laughs> yeah. Goes for the two two-point conversion and at the half uh, the East Hill Lions are down 21 to 14. Yeah. But you know what? The Lions come out of that that halftime pretty strong. And the Panthers are not coming out very strong. Yep. Um eventually coach puts Luke in and Luke is crushing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coach goes for two again, and this is where Landry looks like he's I this is where I, this is at least where I have in my notes that Landry is very visibly bummed uh, that coach keeps going for two. I have um, in my notes, LOL Landry. <laughs> um, Pretty bummed out. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I, in this household, 
we don't really even give Landry the time of day. Like he, <laughs> he is Lance to me. Yeah. Like, yes. yes, absolutely. Yes. That's a good point. Darren and I definitely <laughs> refer to him more commonly. <laughs> as Lance. Lance. That's great. So, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, Panthers are up 24 to 22 with just a few seconds left. Uh, Luke gets, gets rattled pretty hard. Yeah, uh, on a play, gets and, hit in the in the bruise, right? Yeah, in the hip. Yep. So coach makes a big big call, puts Lance himself in. Jeez, puts Landry in. We we just watched in practice earlier that Landry was on. Oh, was it in practice that Landry was struggling, or maybe I was just thinking of the the PhD because Landry didn't he have? Oh, the um, here's what it was. In a couple of either last episode or two episodes ago, they had a scene where Landry had to make a forty-yard field goal before they could leave practice. Oh, yeah, right. And and they we never saw the conclusion of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we see at least one miss. And so yeah, we hear this is a forty-five-yard field goal against the wind. So All like right. the the writers are really laying it on thick here. Oh yeah. Here's where I'm going to go off a little bit. And we do this constantly, season after season. Yeah. Why are we trying to make Landry the hero? Yeah. Landry sucks. <laughs> Landry, sh- Land- there's no reason why we need to make Landry like the the athletic hero to no, save the football really, team. No. It's not believable at all. We hate Landry on every layer. Of thing, I, I mean, maybe that he's an underdog. Okay, yeah, sure. He was more but, likable. Like it was a different time. He was more likable in 2010. But I guess, like, or yeah. that kind of character, I think was more relatable. Right. I guess in 2010, or more like, likable. 21 year old Josh. It hasn't aged well. Resonated with the Christian right. speed metal uh, guitar player <laughs> of Landry Clark. Sure. It, this is just so unbelievable. Why would okay? First of all, why would he even be the kicker <laughs> on the team? In the first yeah. place, why like, would he even join the team in the first? Like, even his reasons for joining the team in the first place are dumb. Like, I mean, I think I can speak for well, maybe not I can speak for, but like trying to go against the grain in the way that Landry has tried to go against the grain. Yeah, um, he would not, he would rebel even harder against the football team if he, if a guy <laughs> like Landry lived in Dillon, Texas, right. he would not. Yeah. There's no way that he, he's not a, if you can't beat him, join him kind of guy. He 100% is not joining the team in any capacity yeah. or even trying out. He would have made himself miserable in rebelling against mm. the Dillon Panthers. Yes. I, uh, I'm going to give you guys a different take. I I understand Landry's position a little bit because uh, I, you know, I didn't go out for the football team uh, originally in high school. And then my class sucked so bad that they were like <laughs> recruiting people just to fill the team. And so some of the, like, you know, the few athlete guys that we had in the class, like begged me to come out for the team just to, just to have enough guys to play. (laughs) And so I went out and I played football and, uh, and like Lance, I got moved around to like a bunch of different positions 
the running the the starting running back got caught with weed in his locker, so I played <laughs> back for a while. Uh, you know, then the the tight end broke his leg, so I played tight end for a while. I was all over the place, and like nobody nobody wanted to kick, and so like at practice, I just practiced punting, and so then I became the punter <laughs> as well. And so, you know, like, it, it, you know, this would, this would not happen on like a prominent state championship caliber. Right. Like, in West well, Texas. You know, Texas. That was, team. That's, that's exactly the argument I was going to make. I was like, there was, there's no shortage of people in Dillon, Texas trying to go out for the football team. So, so that aspect of it, like pretty unbelievable, but it resonates with me a little bit. Like yeah. the guy that like, is just just there because like you know just for something to do mm, to be yeah. a part of something and yeah. gets like moved around to like where to fill a need and whatever yeah but but would would not happen on a on a like a successful no, prominent no text. chance well and that's why they had to move him to East Dillon because there's no way yeah, he would yeah. see the field for West right. Dillon no right. right. Right, but no East way. Dillon, we can understand because they yeah. they were doing exactly what you were saying, like recruiting just, just to get fill, bodies just like on the field, filling the squad. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. <sighs> Regardless, Landry sucks and should not be portrayed as a hero. So I uh, completely reject the premise of this uh, <laughs> episode that Landry is somehow <laughs> and a yet. football hero. Yeah, and yet. We all cheered. One hundred percent. When we watched it the first time, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's 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 a it's a good moment for a second. You forget about how shitty Landry is. <laughs> well, and like I said at the time, at the time, this is aged so differently. I think exactly. that uh, before yeah. we all had time to reflect. Yes. We all. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe maybe even like shed a tear or two. <laughs> that's yeah that's fair uh i wrote in my notes that this is disgusting um but <laughs> well it's just it's landed on something 45 yards like they couldn't have made it like 25 or 30 like that would be unbelievable I enough i feel like 35 yards would be 45 like, okay. against the wind like for, for somebody who has no business being a kicker in the first place yeah I mean, when you put it under the microscope, yes. But when you're just when you're just watching yeah. Friday Night Lights for the first time, yeah, cheering for the East Dillon Lions. Yeah. If you put it under the microscope not, of thinking about how many how NFL kickers couldn't make a 45 yard field goal against the wind? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, every week in the NFL, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Like. <clears throat> Man, Alex uh, is right though, and we've made this point time and time again. Uh, this is—it's just this show was never meant to be scrutinized by someone who's watched it five times through, right? right? <laughs> we we well, that's yeah. We we've made the point that we at this point have definitely thought about deeper about this certain aspects of the show than the writers for sure did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep, we've gone deeper and further than uh, than the writers yeah. ever did. We so. asked, we asked Waverly herself, "What happened? <laughs> did the writers forget about you?" Uh, we got, I we was, bought a cameo for Waverly. <laughs> I, 
I, I wish I knew where that was so I could show Alex at this moment, but we actually have a video of Waverly answering uh, our question about... Oh, uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was only $15. It was worth every penny, even though it kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, man. For sure. So, you know right, what we should be doing with the sponsorship money is putting it towards... Towards Buddy. Uh, towards Buddy. Yeah. The cameo. The, the Brad Leland cameo. Yeah. Oh, dude. He basically rambles for 15 minutes. Bradley he does 15-minute cameos, but it's 150 bucks. You're paying $10 a minute. Dude, we got it. Okay. We when we, when we start it. season five, let's start the campaign. Yeah. I don't know what if it would even make sense to start a GoFundMe, but I feel like that'd be a good bit. Listen, uh, I'm five beers deep right now. If we don't raise a cent, We'll make it happen. I'm paying $150 for it. <laughs> we have got to do a Bradley Lynn cameo by the end of this show. All right. I mean, happening. I don't, I like, I, I don't know of anything else that Buddy Garrity has ever done. So, like, <laughs> the Friday Night Lights movie, he was in as a different, he but was. similar he's, character. He's one, yep. of, he's one of those that was like, you know, he was in both. a crossover. Yeah. Him and Tammy, and that's it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, not to, not to like hurt the chances of getting him on the show, but like, I feel like the guy needs your $150 <laughs> probably. I mean, uh, he was in Deepwater Horizon, which I believe was a Peter Berg movie. Of course it, <laughs> it was. It was. It was. <laughs> it's best, be. best known for Deepwater Horizon, which is a Peter Berg movie. Friday Night Lights the series. Friday Night Lights the movie, which is a. <laughs> Movie. <laughs> he's looking like ronnie hawkins in the last waltz <laughs> yeah these days so good and hancock his top four movies oh my god of known for are all peter berg <laughs> hancock was a peter berg movie that yep. makes so much sense wow. for that guy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> all right uh Next, we hear Sammy slamming Sammy on the radio. He's conflicted. Uh, listen, yeah. Sam and Slam- <laughs> I feel like I always <laughs> mess this up. You do slamming Sammy, uh, is a lifelong West Dillon Panthers fan. However, uh, just watching the grittiness of the East Dillon Lions, he he's found himself becoming a bit of an East Dillon Lions fan after yeah. that game. Pays his respects to, to East Dillon on, on his program. And over this, we got another music cue, Josh. Oh, nice. Second episode in a row. There must have been a contract sign here uh, because Dan Auerbach is back. Solo Dan, Dan Auerbach. Okay, right. A little song called Going Home. There you go. I noticed a lot of musical cues in this episode, but nothing that I like recognized. So right. I'm glad you you. You uh, figured out what they you know. Were. You know the vibes. You know my how seriously I take the show. Fire up that Shazam! <laughs> Superintendent Paul lets Tammy know she's been put on paid administrative leave, so they're gonna pay her for six months to uh, take a break. Tammy's lawyer basically says, "Like, hey, they're effectively firing you here. Like, don't fall for this." Hmm. Yeah, tries to fight it. Tammy kind of is like, listen, like, I just want to go wherever I'm wanted, wherever I'm needed. I and she kind of offers, I don't know if this is how this works. In fact, I'm 
probably assuming this is not how this works at all. Maybe you can work out this <laughs> um, deal. I don't know. But uh, she offers instead to step down as principal of West Dillon to go be the counselor at East Dillon. Um, is it realistic? I don't know. Is it good for the show? Yes. Yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll accept it yep. for sure. Uh, next scene, Matt takes Julie to where he boned her for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is it what is julie's words like did you take me here because this is the first place you deflowered, deflowered me yep uh yep which uh is a theme in the show because uh not that long yeah. ago coach took tammy to where he deflowered her well like just a couple where they hooked ago. up for the first time yeah <laughs> i don't know same Tammy's situation prior yeah. to coach but uh yeah she must so, she had to have been a hot commodity but also she seems too pure to give it up to just anybody so let's give tammy the benefit of the doubt here yeah for sure yeah uh they're mending things up Connie britain come on the show let's talk about tammy taylor's sexual history <laughs> let's get into it let's just did go peter there. berg did peter berg deflower her thousand i mean yeah. he for sure tried but was he successful? yeah definitely uh god i hope not uh, I mean, I okay. think I think high school team Taylor probably was. I would think I would think so much less of Tammy <laughs> Taylor I, I, if that's canon. What's uh, Peter Berg's character's name? Other scenario, but I don't remember. I don't but I feel like I'll Peter Berg's character on Friday Night Lights definitely would have. Oh made my the moves gosh! To make it happen. Yo, know, he was making the move. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> They definitely did the dirty. There's no question. I don't know if he, Jamie Taylor gave kept it up. His cowboy hat on the whole time. <laughs> and a bolo and, tie. Uh, yeah. And a bolo. Yeah. There's, I don't know. Yeah, if, I don't no know. If t- I don't know if Tammy Taylor would have given it up. I hate that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sticking up for Tammy here. Uh, I do, I, but I mean, let's be honest. Let's, let's be real. He, She's the kind of woman that is who she is because she learned from her mistakes. Uh, she was way worse than Julie and and like Ooh. most of the girls that she coaches and in, in high school. You think so? Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, bold yeah. statement. I think so. Was Josh Tammy Taylor worse than Julie Taylor? There's no. no way. There's no way because that means just that from Julie a per, just from a promiscuity standpoint, I think so. I think so. You, I know because here's the thing: Peter Peter Berg, aka Mo McArnold, is Mo. one thing. That's it. Big Mo. But the but the Swede is maybe even uh, grosser. Maybe even grosser than Mo McArnold. Uh, Swede is gross, but like. <laughs> You know, uh, I not, like and Habitat Ryan really happens with weed, though, right? I mean, like, yeah, no, she, Julie no, does, yeah, that's right. She sees the drugs and all that and leaves. That's true. Yeah, nothing, nothing yeah. really ever goes anywhere with the Swede. You know, a little bit of heartbreak, but like no harm done. But for, she for sure gave it up to Habitat for him and be Ryan, though. He oh, brought well, her up on, yeah. the, on the water uh, yeah. tower. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Oh. Uh, Okay, how much of this is going to get cut? Probably a lot of it, but that's fine. That's a, uh, that's a problem for future Josh. Mo McArnold yeah. definitely did everything in his power to make that happen, though. So, yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm 
Mo McArnold gave that 110% because I would give that 110% and I'm not as scummy as Mo McArnold. I feel like that's probably why he was so hung up on Tammy, like even, you know, 25 years that's, later. You know? but, okay, so here's the question though. Was he so hung up because he had it and he wants it again or was he so hung up because he never got it and he wants it? I can understand I, either way, but I feel like... Yeah, I don't know. We'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. We'll never Until know. Connie Britton comes on the show. Yeah, Connie, come on the show. We need you. I we would, need you for this one. Mary, I would pay good money to know her opinion on, yeah. on that. I mean... Hell, Peter Berg come on the show. I was going to say, we could have Peter Berg on the show, but we know what he would say to yeah. the answer to oh, this yeah. question. I was going to say, we could get Buzz Bissinger on the show and he could ask his cousin, <laughs> Peter Berg, but yeah, that might be too, uh, yeah. yeah. Or it's too much. Maybe we could ask, we could that. ask Brad, we could ask Brad Leland what he <laughs> thinks is canon. <laughs> Brad Leland's a straight shooter. <laughs> he'd, he'd be honest with us. Uh, so anyway, Matt and Julie are at this special place in the history of their relationship. Uh, wasn't there like a cabin involved? Oh no, they didn't actually. Mm, that was the word they were supposed to. Yeah. yeah, but there were too many. But they just cut the wall. Yep yeah. the uh, the actual deflowering happened. They had like a little bonfire by the lake, and uh, right. they fell asleep accidentally. And there was like a whole like next morning. Yep, and she um, like up. yeah, yep. Yep, I remember all that now. Um, Matt tells Julie that he has already bought her a ticket to come visit him in Chicago, basically, right? Well, he, that, he, that he, he told her that. Point. He told her, he, no, he told her that in the grocery store. Okay, Julie, but Julie, so at this point says, listen, I can't come visit you in mm-hmm. Chicago. This I did not like this uh, reasoning from Julie because no, if I, I did. go to Chicago, She's right. I'll fall nope. in love with it, and I need to find my own Chicago. She's okay. right. I agree. I actually do not hate that. Okay. Um, I think she's right. I think she made the right decision because, because she's right. She does need to chase her own dreams and find her own life, and I think if she made that decision to go to Chicago, she's already leaning. I mean, she already has a history with Matt. She loves Matt, and I think that she knows that no matter how shitty it is in his studio apartment <laughs> above the coffee, like coffee house caffeine uh, with, high all the time uh, a million drawings of a million drawings of hands on on the walls <laughs> yeah creepy. um that she would find a charm in it <laughs> and fall in love with it because she already loves Matt and she would find a way okay but my counter to that is what's wrong with that if you love Matt and you can fall in love with Chicago. What's wrong with that? Um, I I understand that point, but also I think she feels like, and this is, I think she's maybe wise beyond her years. And I won't say that very often about Julie <laughs> Taylor, but I think she's wise beyond her years and that she at least has, she feels like she at least has to get a taste of something else before she yeah. can be sure before she, which I know. think is smart. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for sure. You get you gotta you gotta experience something else before yeah, we've, you. Yeah, we've we've talked yeah. about this. We've talked about this. Maybe I don't know if it's made the show or not, but I think that there's. Uh, I think we've had conversations about you gotta. You know, you gotta get out there and experience everything. You gotta experience other things because if uh, you know one of my one of my favorite uh, quotes, and I want you to make sure that you leave this in the episode. Um, <laughs> All right. 
I took a world of religions class in college mm-hmm. and uh, probably one of the wisest things that I've ever heard anybody say, my world of religions professor said, um, you know, one thing about religion is, uh, you know, if you, if you grew up and all you ever ate was vanilla ice cream and by the time you were 20 years old, somebody tried to get you to try like Rocky road ice cream. And you were like, no, no, it's okay. I already have tried vanilla and I like it. And I know that that's what I like. And mm-hmm. I don't need to try anything else because this is the flavor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would sound insane to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, not to get too deep uh, in terms of religion, but in terms of Julie Taylor, what are you some <laughs> kind of Buddhist or what's going on here? <laughs> um, no, that that's always resonated with me is like, if you don't educate in the, in the very yeah. least, educate yourself about it. Like mm-hmm. there's no way you can know. Um, so I think that Julie Taylor maybe has that mentality of being like, Hey, I, I really do like this, but maybe there's something better. Um, and I, I think that, you know, maybe we as a society in general don't do that. Um, and we've, we've already talked about, uh, and we'll get into this in the shout outs this week um, about my, my, uh, uh, monologue a few weeks ago about how much I love living in South Dakota for the reason that I'm constantly surrounded by people who disagree with me. Yeah. Um, and so it makes me challenge myself regularly. And I think that's good for people. So I think that's, I think that's maybe, uh, maybe where Julie Taylor is going with this. I 100% broke up with my high school girlfriend that I did for five years. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I used the words exactly, probably verbatim. Uh, don't you ever wonder if there's anything else out there? Uh, which was a terrible thing to say when you've been in a relationship with, with somebody for five years, but pretty much that exact same thing. Like I need to be sure that, uh, like I like this, this is good, Mm -hmm. but I need to be sure that there's not something better, which is, makes me sound like a terrible person. It was awful. It was an awful situation, but yes, same idea. So, okay. Uh, I think I'm coming around to what you're saying. Yeah. For sure. Over at the Riggins house, Billy and Mindy are hanging out with baby Stevie. Yep. Baby Stevie. Baby Stevie. <laughs> they named their kid Steve. Yeah. Steven. <laughs> what's the middle name? Steven uh, Hannibal. Steven Hannibal. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> Little uh, baby Stevie Hannibal Riggins. Uh, But it is a a pretty little happy family moment that we see. Tim comes in and asks if he can steal Billy for a second. And they go out back and Tim kind of drops a little bit of a, a bomb on Billy. Yeah. I think there is something that we haven't noted up to this point that I'd like to point out that pretty much every scene up to this point with Tim in it has had him kind of like clearly with something on his mind. Mm. Um, when Becky comes and chews him out, he literally does not even say a word. He yeah. is clearly like, he's got the gears turning every, yeah. every scene we see with Tim up to this point. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, That's a good I don't, point. I don't know if we hear him say a word up to this point. We just see the gears turning. Oh, I mean, he he ends the snow globe to Becky and says, "Hey, keep it. I'll be back for it." But yeah, um, even then, yeah, it's a lot of yeah, a lot a lot of him just kind of zoning out, not fully there. Yeah, he Um, he knows what he's going to do. Yeah, he's clearly got an idea formulating, and and this is where he executes it. Yeah. 
so basically Tim tells Billy, uh, hey, I did all this. This was all my fault. You had nothing to do with this. I took the cars. I chopped them up. I took them to the junkyard. This was all me. You didn't know what I was doing. Uh, he's going to take the fall for Billy, basically, because Billy is a dad. Billy needs to be at home. Um, and Tim realizes that. And it's at this point where I realize once again that I freaking love Taylor Kitsch so much. Yeah. Prior yeah. to this rewatch, I don't know about you, Alex. Prior to this rewatch, I had in my mind that Taylor Kitsch was a bad actor. And I don't know why I oh, thought dude. that. I He's don't not. know either. My gosh. I think Taylor Kish is top-notch, underrated. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so good. Tim Riggins is the, the best character in the show. And That's, Taylor yep. Kish is probably, probably the best actor on the show, honestly. I mean... Alex, would you agree with this statement? With a few... Um, either changes in career choices or oh, with, no. if John Carter would have been a hit or if he would have chosen other projects, do you not agree that Taylor Kitsch could have been this generation, our generation's Tom Cruise? I, I, I would 100% agree. And I would almost oh, no. say that like, fuck Tom Cruise. Like Taylor Taylor Kish is way better, man. I mean, like, he could have uh, he could have been Timmy Chalamet before Timmy Chalamet. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah, no. With the with the right roles, I think he's totally capable of it. Mm-hmm. But like, just like flying Inch. under the radar a little bit, like he's actually done a lot of great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, uh, but I, but just like stuff that that nobody talks about, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched like Waco for sure. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like he, he's got like another like Netflix show that like n- nobody talks about where he's like some like, de- like Boston detective and like Nazi Germany or something that's going on right now. That's actually really good. But like literally like he, he, I think it was it was a it was a series of like really just not his fault bombs. Like if John yeah. Carter wouldn't have bombed, if Savages wouldn't have bombed, if True Detective season two would have lived up to season one. I thought like, Savages was actually like pretty solid, and he was by far the best part of True Detective season two. Yeah, like but by if by if far. if he wouldn't have just had miss after miss after miss, and none of them were his fault, it was. The fault of either writing or directing or marketing or whatever. No, he, none of them were his fault. If he would have just had a hit, because even Friday Night Lights was a struggling show for all five seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he if he could have caught a break, and I mean Waco, I think was probably his like real breakthrough role, and that was only a, a breakthrough role because it got like a second night. It was one of those shows that got a second life on Netflix because that mm-hmm. aired. I remember when that aired. It was on what was at the time because it was TNN and then it became like the Paramount network. And now that's a whole nother channel. I don't even remember what it's called now. Hmm, I remember like it was on like the Paramount network or something like that. And I remember Angie and I watched that and nobody else was watching it. And I was watching it because I'm fascinated by cults and Taylor Kitsch. 
So yeah. like we watched it and I remember like two or three years later. Yeah. Like people were like, Oh, have you seen Waco on Netflix? And <laughs> you know, like it, it only got its second life because of that. So like, I'm, I'm serious, man. Taylor Kitsch could have had, he could have had that career. He could have been that it guy, but yeah. And, Cause I mean, no, I, I actually think that he is, like a under the radar phenomenal actor. I yeah. think he's really good. I, I still have the opinion that True Detective season two, Rachel McAdams, fantastic. Taylor Kitsch, fantastic. Colin Farrell, fantastic. Vince Vaughn, super solid. It was the fault of the writers. Like yeah. just nothing happened. Yeah. It was just boring. It was yeah. just boring. But I loved great. I loved Story watching just them act. The acting was really good. Rachel McAdams was was like was awesome. Like the the yeah. acting was great, but yeah, the like the like I just didn't care about the exactly. Yeah. You <laughs> yes. know, I told you, Josh, before you even started watching it, that scene of Colin Farrell where he beats up that kid's dad, <laughs> and then he turns <laughs> into the kid. Yeah. He's like eight years old. <laughs> you, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but uh, but no, check out The Defeated on Netflix. I just added it to my, right now. Yep, I just added it to my list. So, yeah, after that, starring starring the one and only Taylor Kish, our generation's Tom Cruise. Uh, you've you've heard it here first, and you've heard it here a lot of times. (laughs) Taylor, come on the show. We can talk. We'll we'll make it an, an episode that's just you promoting The Defeated. Absolutely. We, we don't yeah. care. You can talk about Waco. You can talk about True Detective. We, you can shit on everybody. We'll do it on our show. Taylor yeah. Kish, come on the show. Also known as Gambit in some lesser yeah. names. See, that was another, That was another miss. That was another, like, yes. that just couldn't have seen it coming, but it was just a miss. That's yeah. why I thought he was but a bad also, actor. also, like, the best Gambit that's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the only gambit that's ever just known. just got it's dealt really hand cool. after yeah. hand that just yeah yeah it's a bummer but I'm glad that you're on my side. Oh my god, <laughs> Tim Riggins, Tim Riggins. Well, I mean, Josh named a dog after him. Like <laughs> that's he, true. <laughs> he's he's one of the greatest TV characters of all time, in my opinion. One hundred percent. Just like the the evolution of Tim Riggins is second to none. I I think. I mean, man, <sighs> love it. It's a great performance. We get uh, we get the conversation of of Tim and Billy alone. Yeah. Um. Tim says, "Listen, you weren't there. I you you left for the day." I opened the I opened the shop back up. I did the entire chop shop operation. I did the whole thing. I'm the only buddy that I'm the only person that anybody saw. I'm the guy who took the cars to the crusher. They're the ones who turned us in. You didn't you didn't even know about it. And Billy kind of gives him like a no, I can't let you do that. And Tim says, No, you got to be a father. You didn't know anything. You had no idea. I'm the one who was at fault. This um, is like, I mean, this is like simultaneously, we just talked about Taylor Kish for a long time, but this is like simultaneously the pinnacle 
of like the you know tim riggins being tim riggins and like becoming like the like the stand-up guy that he's always like on on the precipice of being Mm -hmm. and also the like the the fall of tim riggins as well because after he does this there's a you know there's not a lot of time left in the series and tim spends 75% 75% of the rest of the time in the series, like kind of being a bitch after this. Like, <laughs> like he, like he goes from like the highest of the highs to like, you just, you just want him to like be Tim Riggins again mm. after this. And it, it, this is like, this is a dark, dark spot in the, in the Shoot. show. I actually wondered as all this, especially yeah. when they said one to five years, I thought like, Oh, well, how does the rest of this series play out then? Do they jump ahead a few years or what? Don't tell me. No spoilers. Yeah, no but, uh, no spoilers, but um but yeah, prison is not good to Tim and uh and he yeah, anyway. But this is like this yeah. is like the 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 tippity top of like Tim, you know, proving that he is really a good person. Uh, and like a you know a, a man, and uh, I mean this is this is yeah. his Jesus moment, right? Like he takes yeah. the fall, he takes the yeah. takes the hit, and uh, yeah. sacrifices himself for the good of the the Reigns family. And honestly, we don't like to praise, especially in the last uh, two months, we don't like to praise Billy Riggins too much on this show. But uh, but uh, we gotta say in this episode between his little toast at the Thanksgiving dinner and this scene, I think. Uh, uh, whatever his name is, uh, puts on a pretty good uh, performance. So, uh, mm. hey, you know what? We handed you a little bit of respect to come on the show, Billy. I, I like Billy Riggins. I don't know. I, I I think he's a I think he's a good B character. Yeah, I, well, I, we'll I like we'll see if they invite you on their podcast, Alex Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, if they'll have if they'll have me, <laughs> wow, wow, all right, wow. all right. So this has been great having you, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll take it from here. <laughs> uh, no, we'll know I, the war is we'll know the war is really on when when I get a text from Menning that's like, hey, they listened. I got invited on this <laughs> <Yeah>. show. Uh, <laughs> Tune in this Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hanging uh, <laughs> it pains me to say it, but Billy Riggins come on the show. We'll have you. <laughs> Matt goes back to Landry's house. Anything else besides Friday Night Lights? No, absolutely. That's all he has. And that's why this podcast had to happen for him. Yeah. So, yeah. What else is he doing? Derek Phillips? Nothing. Cameo. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was in 42. He played Bobby Bragan. 42, is that uh, the Jackie Robinson movie? Yeah. So he was a racist. Yeah, the PG-13 rated Jackie Robinson movie. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> oh, he was in a Call of Duty game. I mean... Oh, nice. Two Call of Duty games playing two different people. All right. Don't get me you wrong. Be- I- I played a lot of Call of Duty on Alex's Xbox 360 back then. He must in the day, be really involved with video games. Looks like he does a lot of video game <laughs> uh, voice work. But hey, you know. 
Hey, take a read and get it. I know he used to make a living. We had in voice acting. This is uh, the most the most interesting that I so I've I've only listened to the first episode and a half of their podcast, but the most interesting fact to come out of it is that in real life, the actor who plays Billy Riggins and the actor who plays Glenn were roommates before the show. (laughs) Glenn is the worst. I don't know if you remember Glenn. Glenn is the sad sack that kisses Tammy Taylor after karaoke. Oh. Glenn, <laughs> freaking Glenn, Glenn. Oh man, oh maybe the worst <laughs> character of Friday Night. Lights. I would say, yeah, we already said Tinker is the best B character. I think that Glenn is, uh, Glenn is the worst B character. Glenn is definitely in the in the Gracie Bell tier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if I was making like tiers, uh, yeah, for sure. For the show Glenn yeah. is definitely in the bottom tier with Gracie Bell. Wow, yeah. yeah, those two like hang out too, doesn't he? He like they, helps. Yeah, he like yeah. takes care of her and stuff. And gross, yuck, you disgusting. <sighs> yeah, he's like anyway, he, like Tammy's best milk and stuff. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish this thing out. Yeah. So uh, out, outside of uh, just to end that scene off, uh, um, Billy kind of really, I mean, like I said, he gives a good emotional performance. He he and Tim embrace and we see Mindy kind of come out and, and see them through the glass sliding door. Yeah. Um, and she, she doesn't know what's been said or what's transpired, but she knows that she knows that it's a special Riggins brothers moment. Mm. Yep. Next, we see Matt. He heads back to Landry's house. He knocks on the door. Landry kind of begrudgingly lets him in. Matt says, hey, listen, Julie just broke up with me, so I kind of need you to be my friend right now. <laughs> Landry's like, okay, fine. Hey, did you see my 72-yard field goal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other than that, he goes from that to like being like, so, um, Hey, Julie broke up with you, huh? Well, it's a real shame. Nobody's going to be able to use that plane ticket to Chicago. <laughs> Just this episode is maybe a low point for Landry, and he has had a lot of lows. We don't like Landry, yeah. and this is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, imaginable, unimaginable new lows, if you will. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, we don't like Landry in this scene. Uh, next scene, we see. Tim well, Matt, Gold. Matt, Matt, kind of. Well, as as Landry is asking about Julie's ticket to Chicago, Matt is like, "Oh, I might give it to Grandma." And Matt, or and then Landry cuts to Landry, and he's giving him like a a look that's like, "Yeah, you're really? gonna give it to Grandma." Come on. Which okay, fair enough, Landry. We'll go with you on that one because Grandma's a terrible and we hate her. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's no way she can fly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a, you're asking for a a Twilight Zone nightmare on 30,000 feet situation. <laughs> uh next we see Tim going to the sheriff station to turn himself, turn himself in. in. Yeah. Is that what's mm-hmm. happening? I was like so I'm I pretty it. sure that's not how this actually works. No, I don't think it's how this works at all. Yeah. Like they were just talking to a lawyer like a few episodes ago. Like I think yeah. they have to go through the court system, but right. Um, I mean, we can maybe assume that it's um maybe a few weeks later because at the there's most. we we also see um coach and Julie putting up Christmas lights 
Um, and we all know that it's not appropriate. We all know it's not appropriate to do that until after Pearl Harbor Day. So this was at least, at least a week and a half later. Until Smash Mouth tweets. Uh, do not put up your your Christmas decorations. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, fair enough. I thought that it was maybe just like a few days later because we see Matt and Landry getting back on the plane, right? To yeah, fly to Chicago. But yeah, so presumably, right. yeah, maybe there's enough time for court proceedings yeah. to happen. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, overall, this we do get another music cue. Yeah, um, a little Steve Earle. Oh, uh, really? Song, yeah, song called Goodbye. Nice. So I like Steve Earle because he was a friend of Towns Van Zandt as yeah. a longtime listener of this podcast know that I've uh, mm-hmm. been a fan of. Names his, named year. his son after him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Justin Towns Earl. Justin Towns Earl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, good catch there. Um, so that's kind of the end of the episode. We see mm-hmm. Matt. Matt looks sad on the flight, I guess. And Landry is just being okay. Landry. You know, hey, if I'm going anywhere and I'm expecting Amy Teagarden to be there and I look over and it's Jesse Plemons, <laughs> probably, I'm di- probably I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's a bummer. Fair enough. Uh, end of the episode, roll credits. We will be right back with our awards for the week. All right, we're back. We are going to give out our awards for the week. We're going to start, as we always do, with a Coach Taylor inspo rating. So, Anthony and or Alex, uh, how inspiring did we find Coach Taylor to be in this episode? He had some moments for sure. Uh, I mean, I got I to gotta harken back to that, that line that he feeds Vince uh, at the start of the, the game. I mean, that... Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the the most inspiring thing I think he says to a player in in the series runtime. I mean, uh, so you know, a scale of one to ten, I'd probably give it like a solid seven and a half. It's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think he uh, he has that great speech. Um, as classist as it maybe got, (laughs) um, but I mean, overall it was, at least he's punching up, you know, instead of punching down. So we like, exactly. Yep. Um, I think it was an overall, uh, good speech, the speech that he gives. I think that, um, you know, these scenes that we get of him comforting Tammy as she's kind of going through her turmoil, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being a real uniter, uh, by inviting, uh, almost all the main characters in the city to his Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> right. Um, Half of Dylan, you know, the, and, and that on top of uh, the, the nice little speech that he gives to Vince, as well as maybe being a little bit hard on Luke, but I think somewhere in the back of his mind, if not in the front of his mind, telling Luke to suit up, but you're not going to play and then letting yeah. him play. Um, I mean, this is a, I, I, I think I'm, I'm willing to go an eight even on this. One. I, as you guys are talking, I do feel like an eight is appropriate. Um, he definitely knows how to talk to Luke. He definitely knows how to talk to Vince to pull the best out of them. I also want to point out, we didn't mention this in the like plot synopsis, but 
he was ready to invite Vince to Thanksgiving as well. I don't know if you caught that. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving tomorrow. And Vince was like, I'm having dinner with my mom. And Coach was like, are you really? Yeah. <laughs> Which was mm. weird. Uh, but he was ready to invite Vince. So, I think it would have been um, funnier if you would have also invited Vince just to make it even more ridiculous. <laughs> like, get him in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, if, we let's, get, if we get Tinker at Thanksgiving also. <laughs> and and uh, in a Coach Stan. Coach Stan <laughs> would really complete the whole thing. Yes. Mm. That would bring it up to a nine. I do feel like we are at an eight. I like an eight for sure. So yeah. this is this is one of Coach's better episodes for sure. Alex, if you're willing to come up to an eight with us, yeah, I, I mean, I think I can round up to an eight. You All guys right. make some good points. Right on, Julie Taylor Hatometer. Uh, how much do we hate Julie in this episode? Uh, she's definitely in the positives on the Julie Taylor Hatometer, yes. which means we do hate her in this episode. How much do we hate her? Hmm. Um, this one kind of, I, I will say wavers back and forth because, um, even though I logically see her points, I also see Matt's points. Yep. Um, for the, for the reasons that we, that we wouldn't hate her. So, um, man, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. I'm feeling like maybe a four. It's kind of what I was feeling. Uh, is 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 uh, is low score bad or high score bad? Ten the means we hate her the most, and we do go hate her the most. Yep. I we mean, do go negative on the Julie Taylor. If we like her, meter, if we like her, if we like her, okay, okay, okay. Well, the yeah, lowest no. it's gone is probably like a negative three. I would guess. I think yeah. some of uh, some of her reactions to Matt's sudden reappearance are like relatively uh grounded um mm-hmm. uh, she probably in j- classic julia taylor fashion goes about it rather annoyingly um but on a scale of one to driving your toyota into the neighbor's mailbox i probably would <laughs> give her like, uh, like just like right around a five for this episode i think all right uh, I was thinking of four, so let's go a strong four on strong that four. one. I feel like that's where we meet. I like it. Mm. Big rig beer tally. As always, I have a zero. Anthony, what do you have? I also had a zero in this wow. episode. I did not note a single time that Tim was drinking a beer. And usually, as you know, I've got a sharp eye for this. You, yeah. you. If it's there, I trust that you have mm-hmm. seen it. So this is a rare zero. On the big rig beer tally, we do but, not. But maybe very telling, uh, you know. Yeah. B- as yeah. much as we talked about how kind of serious and content contemplative, uh, yeah, was in this episode, he knew he point. knew he knew how sober minded he needed to be exactly. to make the decision he's, that he was he's not make. drinking. You know, yep. as yep. he figures out what he's going to do. Yeah. Good for you, Tim. Uh. Okay, we got Matt Saracen back in this episode. So the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Uh, what do we, what do we got for Matt? It's got to be Dick and Julie back to the the, the <laughs> yeah crime. yeah. I I was I was gonna say um, when when Julie shows up to 
Alfred Grandma a ride to Thanksgiving dinner and Matt just shows up. <laughs> oh, hi, But no, definitely taking her back to the deflowering uh, beach. It's got to be it. The beach that makes you deflowered. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The beach that makes you deflowered. Uh, very good. Great to have Matt back. Uh, the show's mm. better when Matt Saracen is, is I agree. On. I agree. Uh, yeah. We also had the return of uh, the Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Buddy was definitely here. He was I think maybe on. macking on Ma Colette <laughs> at Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> in front of her own daughter. Who Just knows? The, the freaking like history well, not of, even that, not even maybe like on that on top of like him bringing his own deep fried turkey to a Thanksgiving <laughs> where Tammy was already like planning. Like there was two turkeys at this Thanksgiving. I don't know if we mentioned that. We, no, did, there not, was like we did not go competing into that. turkeys. It was a big deal. Maybe it yeah, a big yeah. deal out of the fact yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Tammy oh, was yeah. very defensive about the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So the question is, do we go? And everybody liked Buddy's turkey better. So, yeah. it, you know made it an even bigger deal. I feel like that almost is in favor of Buddy then. Like he brought a turkey, but right. you know, it was but good. it's also like a sleaze bag moment to be like, hey, I know that you're already having Thanksgiving and you already have a turkey, but also I'm coming and bringing my turkey. <laughs> like that's a a real like yeah, sleazy. Pretty sleazy. pretty sleazy. Have you guys ever done the uh deep fried turkey thing? No. Never have. Uh, mm. Austin Ringling, former uh, guest host on Friend of the Show. Lights. His uh, good old Kirby Ringling. I know he had a turkey fryer. I do know that if you drop a frozen turkey in a Bad turkey fryer, they, those things will explode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And start I your have. house on fire. So I'm kind of generally terrified of, of the yeah. idea of fried turkey, to be entirely yeah. honest with you. Okay. So we're going with the bringing a second turkey to the Thanksgiving dinner that you were invited to. I think that slightly edges out Mackinac and Macolette because he and Macolette have a history. Yeah, it's almost like it's, par for the course. And also, it seems yeah. like Macolette is into it again. Oh, yeah. She's definitely. So, I feel like she, she was initiating it, actually. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Buddy Garrity. Have you seen that butt chin? <laughs> it's something Stop match. Uh, so I, I had already preemptively typed in my notes the Ma Colette was the Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week but I'm going to change it deep fried turkey <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, we did have Joe McCoy so do we have anything notable for the Joe McCoy stud of suds scum or God, this is such a hard one to say. The Joe McCoy stud of suds smug scumbag move of the week. I think still wearing his wedding ring, whether or That's not, it. like wearing his wedding ring at the game, whether or not he and uh, Mom McCoy, Katie, yep, Katie, are mm-hmm. actually going through a divorce, or if he just did that to make Tammy feel bad, or if whatever his reasons for telling Tammy that. The fact that he's wearing a wedding ring like a week or two later yeah. tells me like there's no positive reason for him to do that. No. I feel like he if you beat the piss out of your son in the Applebee's parking lot and your wife leaves you, you take off that wedding ring. Yeah. Yeah. 
notable music cues. We had a few. We had Dan Auerbach. He was back. Dan Auerbach was back. We Steve we Earl. Had the Heartless Bastards, and we had Steve Earl. I, I think I'm going to give it to Steve Earl personally. That was the one that hit me the most. I like it. Uh, Steve Earl, uh, I watched a documentary about kind of the Steve Earl and Towns and all that. Uh, and uh, Guy, what's his face? Um, John Prine. Kind of, not John Prine. Um, but kind of that era of singer songwriters. And there's a great scene of Steve Earle singing uh, stay all night, stay a little longer. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. That was a big Kenny Kuiper song. Sure. Uh, throw off your, pull off your coat, throw it in the corner. Anyway, love Steve Earle. Uh, Sounds great. like a real, uh, what's the song? The song that everybody hates now, the Christmas song. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> Sounds like maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> so, uh, I will say that. Uh, so we have an agreement in our household that the Christmas tree can go up on November one, but you can't put any you can't put any decorations on it. It just goes up with the lights. Not till Pearl Harbor Day. That's that's fair. Uh, I do feel like it's a compromise. That's the rule. That's a rule in this house. I I respect <laughs> Not that. Not till Pearl Harbor Day. I will continue to advocate for that. But as Thank of right you. now, the, the tree can go up on November 1. And as they put up the tree, my wife and children, they asked Google to play Christmas songs. And the very first song was freaking Mariah Carey. Of course it was. That what? Which one is? I can't even All remember. All I want for Christmas is you. All I want, All I want for, for Christmas, Christmas is you. And it was just headlong. Pitch me two headlong. months of that for some people. Two months of it. You, One sixth of the year. You can't even talk to me about this because I did a seven hour surgery today with a sociopath who <laughs> played Christmas music the whole time. Are and you for joking the, my ass? I swear to God. <laughs> and for the last hour of the case, he made them play. A, a one hour loop of that song who okay who why does why does what is this person's job and why do they get to choose this no he's well he's a he's a chess surgeon and uh okay. and uh he's korean and notoriously just like takes pleasure in punishing people with the with his music choice in the operating room and no, from November 1st to December 25th, he plays Christmas music. And uh, the last hour of every case, he plays a loop of that Mariah Carey wow, song. Wow, I hate that. I probably listened to it seven, maybe eight times in a row today. So. If my chest is being cut open or someone that I love, their chest is being cut open and being <laughs> things taken out of it. I do not want my surgeon to be sticking it to the rest of the people in the room by playing Mariah Carey. I don't want I, that. You can't, you, I can't, I can't make this up. I mean, it's <laughs> he, I mean, he, he is, he is a sociopath. You know, you know, Alex, something, something I'm pretty sure we've talked about on this show is, um, you know, when people advocate for a $15 minimum wage, I look at, you know, people that get that. And I say, you know what? I look at a McDonald's worker. I look at, we talked earlier tonight, Josh and I about there's this Mexican restaurant, this Mexican fast food restaurant in town. It's like a regional fast food chain called Abelardo's. 
And wow. almost every time that we go in there, there's like maybe two people working and they're working their asses off. And I look at that mm-hmm. and I'm like, those people definitely make less money than me and they deserve to make more than me because they definitely work harder than me. Um, you already for sure make, I'm just going to go in my head five to seven times more than me. Uh, you deserve to make more if you're being forced to do surgery and listen to Christmas at the same time. Just that so, right there. No, the, yeah. the, the sick part about it is uh, those people at McDonald's per hour actually make more money than I do right now. That's insane, actually. I, very sad for you at this point. Yeah. Fortunately, it won't always be the case, but I I made less money listening to Mariah Carey today than they made flipping burgers. And that's a fact. Frick. I am sorry. Well, now I'm sad. Well, now, I was, I'm even, now I'm even more sad. Well, I was curing someone's cancer. I made less money listening to Mariah Carey than, uh, than they made flipping burgers today. Well, folks, uh, Anthony and Josh get political. Our system is fucked. Yeah, we're, we're in a real bad place here. Listen, I love this country, and I don't think anybody that's ever listened to this podcast will ever argue with that. I hope they don't, because um, I've made it very clear. But, boy, we have a real garbage system here. Um, We've got some problems. We really got to do something about it. Uh, you know, let's maybe think about that uh, the next time you vote. Maybe uh, think about how hard you work. If you're listening to this, how hard you work. If you live in this country, because we know we have listeners in the West Indies and we know we have listeners in Laos and we know we have listeners uh, in Wales. Um, and, 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 and I don't know however many other countries, but uh, uh, you know, if you're listening to this in uh, these United States and uh, you know, you're making less than let's say $400,000 a year, um, maybe think about, <laughs> you know, how, how hard you work. And if you're really voting for the right people, <laughs> because they're probably not working for you. Uh, I don't think there's good, any good solution to this. Uh, there is, problem it's called, it's called realizing how much your labor is worth and fighting for it. Here's here's what because I'm because you're say. being you're being exploited. If you're listening to this and you're making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year, you're being exploited. You're being exploited. 100% you are. I know you are. You know how you can make this right, at least on a small scale. In a little bit, we're gonna give out our Venmo information. And if you feel like we're working hard enough for you to buy us a grain belt uh premium. You can just go ahead and send that on over to, and uh, we'll mention you on the podcast. We'll you say will, you put you put it in your Venmo memo what <laughs> you want your sponsorship to be, and you sponsored an episode, my friend. And that was a great time to tell you because we forgot up to this point. <laughs> we did yes. that. Jimmy Myers, Jimmy Myers, friend Ex- of the show, has sponsored this episode. I need to tell you this story, Josh and Alex, because Josh already knows the story, but Alex is not. Yes. And I need to I need to let the listeners at home know. The, this is the, this is the our best day, sponsorship story so far. The day that Michael Harris sponsored that the episode sponsored by Michael Harris aired. I got a call from a long time reliving the lights fan Jimmy Myers, long time long time friend. Uh, I mean, I've known Jimmy for 15 years now. Yeah. And uh, as of you, Josh. Yep. 
Um, I got a call from Jimmy and he, and he says, are you at home? I said, yeah. He says, come downstairs. I have something for you. Folks, I, uh, Josh has got the picture, I hope, prepared. I, I know I sent it to him, so he will have it prepared for we'll the Twitter yep. by the time of this. Jimmy showed up to my apartment with a 12-pack of grain belt. He said, listen, Ugh. Mike thinks he can buy this show. These are spite beers. <laughs> And he, he handed me a personally a 12 pack of grain belt premiums. He said, this is how you sponsor this show. And Jimmy, <laughs> you're right. Um, so Jimmy Myers is the, is the sponsor to the season four finale of Reliving the Lights. And we should probably throw one. Like we should do another uh, uh, recorded <laughs> promo for the beginning of the episode because <laughs> yeah, we'll add another we'll add an ad read in there for Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a real gentleman. He is Jimmy, he's the greatest. Jimmy, we love you. Not only did he bring uh, 12 grain belt premium friendlies, but they were in cans, which we've already established is the, uh, the on a whole nother level. Preferred way. The preferred way of drinking the friendly beer. Mm. We love to see it. So Jimmy Myers, thank you uh, for being this week's episode. The season four finale uh, sponsor of the week for this episode. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to be a sponsor of the episode, our Venmo information is I am at Kipejack, K U I P J A K. Just send me enough money to buy a, you know, a, a sixer or a twelver, whatever, uh, of Grain Belt, and you can be uh, a sponsor. Uh, Anthony, I don't know if you want to give your Venmo information. Here. Yes. Mine is a hookman. That is alpha hotel, Oscar, <laughs> echo, kilo, Mike, alpha, November. Uh, that once again is a hookman, <laughs> alpha hotel, Oscar, echo, kilo, Mike, alpha, November. There you have it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's truly an honor to to be a, a, a contributing financial member of the Reliving the Lights experience, mm-hmm. and we invite you all to it. Uh, means we we've been doing this for free. We've been giving it. We've been we've been delivering this greatness. <laughs> like I mean, no less than an hour of content, uh, almost weekly for a year and a half now. So. Yep. Uh, Really, it's the least you could do (laughs) is uh, throwing a few bucks our way. Nile in Wales, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Don't try and send us those pounds. Uh, We're not. Don't send us any pounds. (laughs) We (laughs) won't. Unless it's a pound of green belt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, we got to pay for these landing strip t-shirts for our (laughs) guest house somehow. So send them on over. Uh, All right. Uh, outdated pop culture reference of the week. Anything we need to cancel this um, week? I, I, man, I know that we had a canceled corner. Um, I mean, outdated pop culture reference was Landry with a mixtape of Crucifictoria songs. I couldn't tell if it was a mix CD or a mixtape, but it seemed like a mix. It looked like a cassette. I feel like it either, was a either CD, way. But yes, either either way. Either way. Definitely a thing of the past. I yeah. mean, you nowadays you put that on your band camp. Yeah. And we, we already had we, we had an episode like two or three episodes ago where Jess made a mix on her iPod uh, yeah, to Landry, which is more current right. than this. She had to physically give him her iPod. Yep. 
And I thought I had marked something down else that needed to be canceled, but I don't remember what it was. Well, they got away with it this week. Uh, Quote of the episode. So one quote I have in my notes is uh, when Coach and Vince are talking, Vince says, this is at the end of the Thanksgiving practice. Vince says, Coach, can I do this? I know how bad you want this. I can feel it. How bad you want to beat West Dillon. I'm not sure I'm the guy who can do it for you. Uh, I don't have written down what coach actually says to him, but he kind of just moves on with it. So I feel like that's a good scene, but I'm not sure it's a good quote. Uh, Maybe this is maybe the leader. Uh, After JD McCoy throws a touchdown pass on the first play of the game, coach tells Vince, Hey Vince, I'm going to enjoy watching you beat him all night long. So I feel like yeah. we were, Alex especially was a fan of that one. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. In my mind, in my mind, what he really says is, "Hey Vince, I'm gonna enjoy watching you kick his ass all night." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, for sure. All right, let's go with that for our quote of the episode. Hey Vince, I'm gonna enjoy you beat him. I'm gonna enjoy watching you beat him all night long or kicking his ass all night long. Yeah. Okay. MVP of the episode. Who wins this episode? Who's our most valuable player? Hmm. I mean, let's, let's go ahead and nominate, uh, as we always do, every Tammy episode, Taylor. Tammy Taylor. Tammy Taylor is the perennial nomination for yes. this. Uh, she sticks mm-hmm. up for what she believes in. She doesn't back down. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Love to see that. You got to give it uh, up for Tammy, as always, as we always have to do. Um I would say there's a an argument to be made for Luke, um, okay, who has a strong showing in this episode. But my vote, I think, is for Tim Riggins. It's here. Tim Riggins. It's, it's yeah. got to. I mean, it's got to be Tim Riggins. I think. I mean, this is the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, he's basically mm-hmm. given up five years of his life potentially. Yeah. This is for, as as selfless as it gets, and yeah. And Billy's yeah. not even a good person. Like no. he's giving it up for no. Billy, and Billy sucks. So. Not only is Billy not a good person, the actor who plays Billy isn't a very good person. <laughs> Come on the show, Derek. Come on Come the show. On show. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Congratulations, Tim Riggins. You are this week's MVP of the episode. Uh, episode rating for the week. How do we feel about this episode overall? I'm curious to see what the uh, viewers on Friday or on uh, IMDb gave it. Yeah. Um. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's. I would say higher on IMDb than it deserves to be. I, I will I will say this: we got done with this episode, and Angie asked, "How many episodes are left in this season?" And I said, "That was the finale." <laughs> um, which I think says all that needs to be said. Um, I mean, it's a good episode. Um, I'm feeling a light eight. I would say at at best, strong mm-hmm. seven to a light eight. It's it's a good episode, but it doesn't feel like a finale. Like even like it doesn't close yeah. any doors. It doesn't uh, it doesn't feel like I feel like especially watching this, and I know I watched this for the first time within uh, two or three days of it airing. Uh, I can't imagine that I would have watched this episode and been like, and not been let down thinking, Oh God, I have to wait however many months for another exactly. episode. That's my biggest thing is a finale should leave you like, 
desperate to see the next yes. episode, like to for the new season to start. And there's mm. no there's no cliffhanger. There's nothing that really happens in this episode. Right. I mean, we love to see East Dillon beat West Dillon. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's satisfying. But that's it's not, not like. Mm-mm. And like, and it's kind of like garbage stakes because it's only like, oh, not only does East Dillon beat West Dillon, but it also means that West Dillon doesn't make the playoffs, which I guess is fine. Yeah. I mean, we like to see West Dillon suffer, but it has no benefit for East Dillon itself. So, right. Yeah. It doesn't lead to anything beyond this, which we, they've sucked all season, which I think is the right direction that you can't. Yeah. You can't you know, like, have, Oh, they're in the state championships. Exactly. Like that's exactly. stupid. But yeah, they, they played that smart a little bit. And I mean, I guess there's a, a little bit of a, like, Oh, what's going to, what's going to happen with Tim question. But, yeah. um, but Thanks, I feel yeah. like if this show was like, if this was airing in 2021, at best, this would be like one of these like bullshit mid mid season finales. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like, you know. Like it's not, yeah, you know. It, it that's what it would be. I think you know, like a like a halfway point in the story. Yeah. Um, with like a jump forward in the next episode type of thing, and a short like a month or two whatever break in between. But yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm I'm good with an eight. I feel like just almost to be a little generous with it. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a, a strong seven to a light soft. eight for sure. Yeah, yep. it's a eight. soft eight for sure. All right, like an eight point oh flask flaccid eight. I think. Yeah, <laughs> flaccid eight. Uh, all right. So uh, before we wrap this thing up, we better do some social media shout outs. Oh, we yeah. have had some people reach out recently uh i know we had tiger dave today uh join team josh i can't even remember what episode this was for uh it was for the vote yeah yeah where we said who is 410's mvp and yeah i i have to hand it to you the the people have spoken uh we had 10 votes and it was uh it looks like seven to three uh uh for you and now 11 to three for you so um that Tammy was the MVP of of four ten. So it's weird for me to be making the case that Tammy was the MVP of the episode. Right? Yeah. Usually but, that's my job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Tiger Dave, uh, just you know, mentioning honorable mention, Big Verge uh, <laughs> miraculously overcame his hatred <laughs> of football and watched his son's game. That's a good point. That's a good. It's uh, a good bit, Tiger Dave. Yeah, I like good that. stuff. Plus support events and gave coach some good coaching advice. Well, he did give coaches good coaching advice. And we already spoke in that episode of uh, how <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> coach Taylor was um, this episode. Uh, my personal friend, Burt Booker, um, who has shouted us out. He, he tweeted directly to you right away. Yeah. Said, Josh, please elaborate on the uh, touch and go trip to Minneapolis and the Periwinkle Blue Ford Ranger. Uh, you're free to do so on this, uh, on Reliving the Lights, uh, or on his thread or via DM. But yeah. uh, he Got just has to, he just has to know more about this majestic machine. And as a background, he drove a '99 Buick with Saber to college. Sweet Linda, he <laughs> called her. Got him through some tough spots. So, um, yeah. I've been waiting to respond to this. I will definitely post some pictures of my Perfect. periwinkle blue uh, 
uh, Ford Ranger that I drove to that Perfect. thread. So I'll hit you up there. Uh, our good friend, Martin Blank, uh, <laughs> watching some Battleship, which yeah. I believe early on in the series was a uh, post-podcast recording drunken. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to watch you. it. I tried to watch it after one episode and I fell asleep pretty early on. I did actually watch it. Um, later on, and I'm pretty sure I reviewed it on Letterboxd. Um, Menning, are you a Letterboxd guy? I I am not. Okay, you should get on there. You should get on Letterboxd. I think that would be. I think it would be a reality. I gave uh, Battleship one and a half stars on Letterboxd. So <laughs> that's that's how I felt about it because I did I did go back. I made a point of watching it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely uh not for me. Is that a is that a show or a movie? Battleship, yeah, uh, it's a movie. It's got Rihanna in it. So directed by it. directed by Peter Berg. Um, it has Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. It, yeah, Taylor Kitsch. It has Taylor Kitsch in it. It has Landry in it, and it has Rihanna in it. Which I'll be honest with you, of all of those, uh, Rihanna was probably the reason that I watched it the most because I do you. love Rihanna. Absolutely. Uh, our good friend Crank Chop. <clears throat> He nominated Baby Gracie for MVP <laughs> of the episode uh, of good bit. 410 because she was barely in it, so we didn't have to look at her very much. <laughs> great bit, Crank Chop. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we heard from Riley McKenna Insko, uh, Matt Taylor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had Matt Taylor who said when people say that Friday Night Lights is just a show about football, they obviously have never seen Friday Night Lights, which is true. And that's what Mm -hmm. we've tried to convey through this podcast. Um, Yeah, Riley, who lamented about her lack of, uh, well, uh, not lack of, but uh, maybe a missed opportunity of doing an Invisibench, but she'll do it next time that she's out there. Yeah. Another Matthew Taylor tweet. Can all agree that the rival podcast should have been called the Billy and Mandy show. <laughs> Niall. Yeah, Niall. Who uh, unnecessarily basically apologized to me for me <laughs> mispronouncing his name for several episodes. Um, so, but he did also point out that pounds are technically worth more than worth more than American dollars right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe now you can, maybe, maybe you can send me those pounds. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We, you know, had Jimmy reaching out, reaching out about sponsorships, but we got that cleared up. So mm-hmm. we should be good there. So just a reminder, uh, reach out to us on Twitter at reliving lights. We love yeah. to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts on the show, uh, about Fred night lights, about reliving the lights, about what we got wrong, uh, what you want to correct us on. We'd love to hear from you. And if you mention us, we will probably mention you on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think we do. Uh, I don't even know where to find this, but I think we got a recent message on Facebook, actually. You're right. I did see that. And I don't even know where to even look for it now, but I did see it and I was like, uh, too bad. We I don't, don't even talk to people yeah. on Facebook. Sorry. We haven't updated our Facebook page since season three, and now it's season five after this. So, um, yeah. hey guys, stop reaching out there because we don't <laughs> we don't like Facebook. Come on over to Twitter. We'll see you there. 
create a Twitter page just to message us, and we'll I promise you that we'll <laughs> say something. But all right, so those are our social social media shout outs. That means uh all we have left for this season four finale episode of Reliving the Lights is our lesson of the episode. So Anthony and Alex, what did we learn from this episode? What's the moral of the story? What can we take from this episode and apply to our lives? Oof. Uh, you know, I mean, I think probably first and foremost, like, uh, don't bring your own Turkey to someone else's Thanksgiving. Probably. 100%. Um, bad move. Yeah. Just, you know, it's, it's poor form. So <clears throat> I would say, uh, if you live above a coffee shop. You cannot actually get high off the caffeine when you walk up the staircase. Uh, that is not physically yeah. possible. So I think they actually disproved wow. that on MythBusters. Did did <laughs> is that Julie Taylor giving the one of the advices of the week, lessons of the week herself? Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, mine would be. Hey, you know what? You might have had problems in the past, but if you and an old flame are both invited to a Thanksgiving, uh, you know, maybe uh, see what you can do with it. <laughs> just, just go for it. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe branching off of that, if you're the host of the Thanksgiving dinner and two of your guests have had a very public altercation uh, surrounding infidelity at your church, maybe don't seat them directly next to each other at your Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> that, That's a good one. That's a good one. Might be a good idea. So uh, there's what you can learn from this episode of Friday Night Lights. Uh, man, fellas, it's been, a, it's been a, a pleasure talking Friday Night Lights with you. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for, for making the time. Yeah. We, we got a, a late night here. We probably didn't warn you that these things, sometimes these go. things go long. Yeah. We, I probably should have warned you that, uh, sometimes these things go for some I had time, a feeling, but it's all good. I'm happy to be here. It's been a lot of fun. I love the show. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I love you guys. I got up at 4am yesterday so i'm going on like almost almost 24 hours right now giddy up yeah. um, but totally worth it all right well uh yeah tune in you know in about a year when we are on the season one finale of the oc podcast and alex is joining yeah. us joining yeah. us for that he'll one. be back he'll be back uh, absolutely i, I mean please. friday night lights is a fantastic show but the oc is a juicy show it's juicy. Yeah. So I mean, if we're gonna have fun with it. I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. and do more. Uh I'm I'm excited to get political on that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna I mean, be more bring, bring me in for some Christmica if you can. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. uh we yeah. I think we we have emphasized doing guests on season finales on this very show, but I think we need to uh to emphasize more, I've, I've, I think we've got, uh, I mean, we, we know enough people who love this show. I, I've already suggested another guest to you that uh, we, we haven't done yet that I think we maybe could do for the season five. Uh, yeah. Uh, the premiere, which we've never done before. We've never done a premiere, yeah. but I think with season five, we got to live it up. And I don't know what we're going to do stuff. for the season five finale. We've talked about uh, 
talked about that, but we'll get there when we we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and I we'll think, burn it down. I think uh, on the premiere, let's maybe unveil our plan. Yeah. And we'll, we'll start the campaign for sure. All right. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Shout out to our listeners in Laos. Uh, shout out to our listeners wherever you are uh, all across the globe. We're, uh, we're happy that you joined us once again for another week, another episode of Reliving the Lights. We love uh, talking Friday Night Lights with you. Again, reach out to us on Twitter at Reliving Lights uh, with whatever your thoughts are on this episode. Uh, Anthony and Alex, it's been a pleasure. Let's call it a night. We'll see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.